Welcome everyone to another, or rather the first, episode of Alleged Intellectuals. Um, tonight, the topic of discussion is a wonderful philosopher, a very just decent all-around human being by the name of Ayn Rand. What do you guys know about Ayn Rand? Not fucking shit. She's uh, popular with... Uh... Uh, college students and high schoolers uh, talked about objectivism, wrote The Fountainhead and Atlas Shrugged, um, a lot of pseudo-intellectual philosophy that doesn't really hold up over time. It was uh, kind of super fucking bitter. What do you know, Stephen? I haven't read any of her shit. I know kids like her. I saw The Fountain, Fountainhead, Fountainhead. And uh, the whole plot of it is like, this guy has his shit stolen, his design stolen to make a building. So then he destroys the building and ends up being found not guilty of anything because they took his art or whatever. So even though it was a building meant for poor people to go live in and it was worth a lot of money and took a lot of effort to make it, somehow that meant it was okay for him to destroy it. Even though the building is more than its design. Like, anyone can clearly tell that like... Yeah, sure, they took his design. That's worth something, but that doesn't mean it's not worth the whole building being destroyed. That doesn't help anyone. The only thing that would help him would be comp being compensated for what he would have been paid if he like, was on the project like he was supposed to be in the first place. That's all they had to do was pay him to be on the project like, like he wanted to be in the first place. Well, then doesn't create a straw man for libertarians to masturbate about later on. Some depressed, bitter libertarian wet dream them to be like, yeah, this is, see, this is what happens. They take things and then we get fucked. Well, I mean, it's like, it's like justifying the most childish behavior. He's just throwing, mm -hmm. you're just throwing a temper tantrum and shit like that. Yep, yeah, fuck, fuck, fuck all these people for my own selfish fucking gain. I want all the labor. All the mm -hmm. people you had to pay to do all that shit. And now the companies that had to pay for it. Like, it has to come from somewhere. And so it's going to come from insurance. It's going to get rebuilt. And everything's now shittier because this guy got mad. Well, I mean, what do you think was... Ayn Rand's sort of like biggest overarching inspiration in life. What drove her? Not wanting to grow up and realize that you have to be part of a society? I don't know. I don't know enough about her. Well, let's find out, shall we? So this is her Wikipedia page, because Wikipedia contains all yeah. objective truths of the universe. Yeah, once you read the Wikipedia article, you don't need to know anything else. It's all there. Mm-hmm. Oh, reason is the only means of acquiring knowledge and rejected faith and religion. Yeah, like anyone. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, that's a very, obviously, superficial description. The, the key nexus of objectivism is this sort of idea that morality is objective. That's literally what it's referring to. There is an objective right and wrong is sort of, uh, I guess... Axiom number one of the objectivist philosophy. Sounds like a shitty way of, say, of saying that ethics is different than morality. And then step two, basically as far as I know, boils down to like self-interest, or it says here, ethical egoism, rejecting altruism. Uh, that's basically the uh, sort of conceit of her entire ideology. You can see she opposed all collectivism and statism and anarchism, big business is the only way. All she cares about is stuff like property rights and, and so on and so forth. And 
you can see that she was a big fan of romantic realism, which of course is perfectly exemplified through her various horrible works like Atlas Shrugged and so on and so right, forth. Right, right. Romantic realism. Yes. That's really what it comes down to. They're obviously, I mean, anyone... It's childish. Right. Yeah. Anyone that, that, that watches The Fountain or whatever the fuck it's called, Fountainhead, and actually thinks that's a good thing to live by is being romantic. They're being emotional. They're not being reasonable at all. It's interesting. They're using very fucking bullshit reasons. It's like, once you completely strip away human morals from something, yeah, you can justify anything, but you that's your certain way, and uh, one of the big things, that, if you want to be reasonable, is that we can do more if we work together. So if you're truly being reasonable, then there's some amount of unity you should automatically impose or strongly suggest to everyone. I think that's where that that uh, that comical uh, like super villain libertarian outlook that the, that they they libertarians tend to have on the government the literal like gun in your face if you don't do this we'll fucking shoot you or kill you type thing right well, like, that's how libertarians see everything yeah it's the straw man argument of but it's like the government you know this easily defeatable yeah see they're so fucking evil. Like, Mom and Dad gave me chores, and now the government gives me chores, and it's not fair. Now, it's interesting you say that, because I was going to get around to what is Ayn Rand's big, um, what's her big justification for hating the government and hating societal order and, and all that so much. And that is, of course, that she was from the Soviet Union. And, I didn't know that. Or rather, she was born in Tsarist Russia in a bourgeoisie family oh. right right before the that revolution started. The revolution happened when she was 12 years old. Oh, and so she, she was came, one of the rich bastards and had all her shit taken. She came from a upward... It says here her father was upwardly mobile and a pharmacist, and her mother was socially ambitious and religiously observant. Mm -hmm. She found school unchallenging so and began writing screenplays at the age of eight, you see. Victims. Because, yeah, as we all know, the Stalin didn't like religion or um, Intellectuals? Yeah. Or well, people that they're wealthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so maybe, maybe she did get fucked. Maybe her family got was, was unfairly treated. Well, you could see uh, their family business got taken over by the Bolsheviks. Um, they fled, but it got taken over. She got, And you said in a previous conversation, um, but... Uh, that uh, she got kicked out of uh, university, but was eventually allowed back in. Hmm. I remember you said that before. Like it, yeah. Yes, you can see here she returned to Petrograd and uh, went, see, first opened the women, so because of the communists, for the first time ever, she was able to go to college at the age of 16. But she was kicked out before graduating because... She was high class. She was bourgeoisie. Yeah, but then yeah. she was eventually allowed to go back and complete and graduate. Anyway. So, so to some extent, she was treated unfairly. Perhaps she was treated very unfairly. But certainly the, the, nothing approaching what she complained about. She got jerked around a lot, but it's mostly, in my opinion, from what I can read, sour grapes. Over and it's a besides the point. She might have en endured the most like horrific shit completely unjustifiably that's inevitably going to happen to anyone under any governmental system it's just the way it happens sometimes so her personal suffering doesn't invalidate any one way of being 
Hmm. And it and it certainly wouldn't justify, in her, especially not that she did anything like that, but in her stories of like making all these people suffer because you got treated like somewhat unfairly. I don't know. What people does she think should suffer? Yeah, it's... I'm just in her books anyway, what I was thinking. Like, with the people that she was talking about, that they were, like, the guy with that that destroyed the building because he got fucked or whatever. Oh, like, right, yeah. right, right, right. So no one was directly made to suffer, but now the society is shittier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what this reminds me of? It's an infamous story that probably, like, most people have heard about. And it happened in real life. The guy who, the like, the machinist or welder they got fucked over by like a local town government oh, yeah, and guy, built they, they that like mur- yeah killdozer thing mm-hmm. like had cement and metal layered and like went on a suicide mission destroyed the whole town and people see that and they're like yeah this guy fuck yeah him he was justified but it was like it was if you read into the story it was something dumb and minute like they, oh you, like one of the mm-hmm. things he demolished was like his ex-wife's house and some shit oh like yeah yeah that. he yeah, only he targeted people that had, that had fucked with him it was people yeah. from the council city council and his wife and shit yeah but it just it wasn't just random violence on yeah people. no it was targeted, it was targeted. Yeah. yeah but how and they but, fucked him bad well apparently they gave the it wasn't as bad as as it was a it's as it's been portrayed at least from what i from what i like did digging up on like they gave him like multiple warnings and like it wasn't like he they just took it and didn't give him any compensation like they gave him chances to make it less cheap. He was the they wanted to one. pay him. The amount of money they wanted to pay him for his property was way less than he had invested. So he bought that he had bought that land and wanted to start that shop and he bought it and then invested a ton of money into it and then right was he when he was getting ready to start, that's when they suddenly changed everything. They didn't use eminent eminent domain to buy it for what he was worth. Not even what he paid, but let alone what he also then added into it. They just started. They they took away the road that led to his hat to his property, mm-hmm. and so that there was no way to even access it anymore. So he had to make his own road to get to it. And they tried to fuck with him on that. Then they fucked with him on waste disposal, so that they took away his connection to the city sewer and the city water. And they did so. They didn't just like force him to sell to tell to to, to sell it with him in a domain. They like offered him money that was way less than what he had into it. With like as a total surprise, and then try to like. But why did he have that much money in though? Was it actually worth that much? It up. Well, yeah, it was a business. Yeah, he was building it up. He was gonna have a, a muffler shop or something like that. Um, so he, you know, if you build a building and then put up lifts and then buy mechanics equipment, all that stuff, I mean, you're reasonably gonna have at least another, what yeah, fifty hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Sounds like he was a real John Galt. The point is, he did something that was that anyone should be able to do. Part of the so-called American dream buy a place, start a business, right? And so, if you have no reason to believe the city's going to come in and want that land, then you're going to do it there. If they, if he would have known that that's the way it was slated to be done with it, right, then he wouldn't have gone there. He would have gone somewhere else. Or maybe he wouldn't have done it all because he wouldn't have been able to find a good enough place. But the point was, he was misled. He was deceived by society into thinking he could do something. And then, when he tried it, and they didn't let him do it, and they didn't even give him what he—they didn't even recoup his losses, let alone the years of his life that he wasted working that up. Like they didn't give him what it was worth, not even close. And then they tried to fuck with him for it. And the irony is life. So I'm not saying that what he did was the most ideal solution, but it doesn't seem that bad to me. He was done. Yeah, living. I think the irony he though didn't really even kill anyone. He is that anyone. is that our he just fuck shit up? Our system is just cutthroat enough because of capitalism 
to make it to where the government would would benefit from fucking you over on something like eminent domain in that way. And it's also only a system in which private ownership is paramount where you would have that that sunk investment to lose so much on in the first place. You know, if people didn't have to worry about owning real estate, then you wouldn't be able to lose money on a real estate transaction. I think like it's that. missing the point though. It's the fucking tyranny of the government, number one, that made his his treatment possible. And number two the he tyranny of the government that made him purchasing his... the land possible in the first place. Okay. There's going to have to be someone somewhere that says, this is what you get to do with that shit. Whether or not it's fucking communist or anarchist or whatever, everyone's going to respect that that's Bob's muffler area where Bob works on mufflers. So if you want to get your fucking muffler fixed, go to Bob over there. That's where he does it. Because it has to be his spot. Because you have to set shit up somewhere. You can't just move it every fucking day. So that's his spot. And he's got rain over it for, until he decides he's done or someone else wants to take over it. So it's his property. As close as to ownership as you can get. With whatever you want to fucking call it. Alright, I'm looking this guy is, up. He mobilized his shit and made sacrifice, and then it was fucking. They tried I'm, to take I'm it from him. I'm looking this guy up because I want to see what the true. So yeah, if he didn't have any shit to mobilize, then yeah, he wouldn't have been able to do that. But what if instead, in the fucking communist revolution land, he fucking gets a bunch of people to sign so off on it? So let's look at this he guy. He spends hours about. campaigning, days campaigning, months, whatever, and then enough people voted on it, and he's allowed to have this land appropriated to him to do this. And then, right as he's uh, put all his time and effort into it, the fucking government steps in and says, "Sorry, fuck you," and then takes it all no, away. Man. And now he has to start back from the well, ground let's zero. Let's look. Let's look at exactly what it says that he did here, because you're you're doing this thing violating city health ordinances. He was forced to dump sewage due to zoning disputes with the next door concrete. They disconnected line. the sewer line he had. Yeah, said he was forced to dump sewage. Yeah, so. And then they wouldn't let him make his own sewer line because all the land around him was owned by someone else and, the, and the, all those people were t told him to get fucked. Let's look and see. Zoning is the fucking number one way to fuck people over without looking, making it look like you did anything. Zoning only happens in the context of privately owned land divided into severalty. Oh, I mean, it does. Zoning is inescapable no matter what society you live in. Yes, There's but it can only fuck people. you over personally that hard if if you can actually own parcels of land. Uh-huh. So you're telling me, even though I just fucking went on this big, long explanation of how it would happen under any governmental system, that you just forgot that I said that. The difference is that under a different governmental system many different governmental systems, he might have been recompensed fairly. He may have actually how? been given... If there an was equivalent no plot of land somewhere, whatever that means. Maybe, yeah. The problem is not the governmental system. The problem is the... It is the... It, well, not even the government. It's the economic system. An economic system in which land is commoditized will naturally lend itself to this sort of abuse because, hey, the government can make more money by fucking taking that land on the cheap, paying you below market value for it, and then either selling it off for a profit or building something else on it, or doing whatever the fuck it is that they want to do with it. If all land was publicly owned, that wouldn't matter. And yeah, if everyone would. had a fucking like housing guarantee and so on wanted. and so forth, You'd what? still have the people in the fucking comrade whatever bullshit saying like, oh, this is my spot, and they just gave this spot to this other guy, and he's been working his ass off to get it to be exactly 
what he wants and it's going to help everyone. Ah, eh, fuck that. I want that spot. Get out. Go over there. There's still going to be the same kinds of problems. That's what they did. That's the same thing as them offering him not as the same amount of money as he had put into it. Because That's he, the thing, though. He's he paid, out that money because he had to sink money into the You're not property. listening to me. That's something you're not that listening. wouldn't happen. You're not listening. Okay. He's in a valuable spot. That's the same thing. It's as only me. valuable because there's a mark. There's a housing Incorrect. market. In fucking correct. No, it, okay. correct. If I want to make it only a has a monetary value attached to that specific parcel of land no, because wrong. that specific parcel of land is a commodity that can be bought and sold. Okay, right. Now, if I'm the guy who's in charge of who gets to do what where or the communities or whatever, and people can be swayed to vote differently, then here's what's going to happen. Like I was already saying. This guy's got his fucking muffler shop in the hot spot of town where everyone wants to be and everyone wants to do shit and everyone's going to see it. Okay, so then some Okay, hot back. spot of town. Are we talking this specific guy concretely or are we talking in the abstract about a hypothetical guy? They wanted his spot, therefore it was inherently valuable whether or not you could assign a dollar figure to it or not. Well, Somebody let's look and in see what power the, wanted it I've got the for themselves, up here. therefore they, it was no. valuable. I want to see what it what was. And in the capitalist happened. system, we call things more valuable by putting a higher dollar number next to them. But in some fucking commie system, you're still going to have some guy in power who says, I want that shit, so I'm going to get the people to do whatever it needs to be done so that I get it. And so, and you wouldn't have any qualms if you thought you were in the right about making sure that you got it and no one else got it. It's not that fucking complicated. You're still going to be taking you something see from right there, it's that the is concrete, fucking better. It's the concrete batch plant right there. It's the... He purchased the land for 42000 built a muffler shop, and subsequently agreed to sell the land to Cody Dochev to build a concrete batch plant in Mountain Park Concrete. The agreed price was 250000 According to Susan Dochev, he Meyer changed his mind, increased the price to 375000 and later demanded a deal worth approximately $1 million. Some believed that this negotiation happened before the rezoning proposal was heard by the town council. So yeah, so basically, see, the guy's trying to milk his private property for all it's worth because he's got money sunk into it and he's trying to turn a profit off of it. If it, it, it's all because of the commoditization of land in the first place, because you can't just have a simple council sit there and be like, well, this land would be best used this way, so we'll have that here. Under that system, maybe Hemeyer wouldn't have given a fuck because we could just, in earnest, give him the best land to operate a fucking muffler shop on. We need people fixing mufflers. Yeah, in a situation like that where you're not ga price gouging, then no one would ever have an incentive to do something like that in the first place. I mean, he no, was trying to fuck over the concrete plant, and he got fucked over back and couldn't He wasn't trying to fuck over anyone. He just didn't want to give up his shit. Yeah. Or he wanted to make a lot of money. Well, he did. He didn't want to give it up for more than it was worth because it was worth yeah, that to he, him. He did agree to sell it. It says he agreed to two hundred fifty thousand. Looks like he just changed his mind like two or three times. Afterwards. Yeah, that's shitty. That's for sure. Yeah, this is this is what I was. I couldn't remember exactly, but like I knew there was something to where he was being a to shit. To be fair, like he still he still got screwed over because they cut off the sewer line. Yeah, and they find him for. Ha dumping sewage, even though that's what he had to do. Okay, so that's two different issues then. Yeah. He was operating fairly under his system, which you may argue is not just and shouldn't be, but he was adhering to that. So he may was treated unfairly, and maybe it was okay or somewhat understandable that he made this stupid yeah. fucking bulldozer thing. But... 
what Todd's arguing is that system shouldn't have even been in the place in the first place. He shouldn't have even been able to do that, and he wouldn't have cared to do it, so then he probably would have never felt like he had been slighted and, and then wanted to make the killdozer in the first place because he would all of the, he would have really just wanted his muffler shop. Or, well, that's that's just making an assumption, too. He would have I mean, had no opportunity to do what he did, yeah, the, is what you're saying. So the, then they the, could have the, fucked him over. The greed, all that scheming would have been gone. The greed yes. wouldn't have been there. Yeah, that, that, when I'm, and that's what I'm saying. He, he over, I was I was kind of getting that he overreacted by building that fucking killdozer. And even though it was targeted, doing all that shit, even, even though like the whole situation was, was partially his fault. The, I don't like think him. it was his fault. He pushed them. He was doing some, whatever you want to call it, stuff that you could argue is not that great. But he did it within the confines of the system. And so then they used the system not the way it was supposed to be used against him. So they broke the rules and he didn't. He was just following the rules. Someone else named his... Are the rules just? Probably not. But he did it. He did at least follow them. They didn't. Well, I mean... I don't know. So then he broke the rules even worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was going to say, technically, it, it seems like he was yet another sort of like narcissistic, petite, bougie, like small business owner who just couldn't stand being like... Told what to do. Uh, you know, bureaucracied out of his freedom, you know? Yeah. Now, I don't know enough about the details to know if $250,000 covered his time and effort. Because... If, if Whatever that means. I no, mean, yeah, because okay. So he purchased thing. it for forty-two thousand, agreed to two hundred fifty grand, and then a million. But there's the no way he had a million dollars of time. No, I don't, I'm not talking about the million value. I'm just talking about two fifty. And hold on a second. Just because he purchased the land for forty-two thousand doesn't mean the property itself wasn't worth more. Because he did have. That's the land he itself. Built it up, he right. built the garage. You put the lifts aren't fucking cheap. Plus welding supplies are not fucking cheap. Like all that shit. Well, like that can't be if, moved if this or guy, repurposed. It can, but that costs money and time, whatever labor, whatever. Yeah. But if this guy makes say hundred thousand dollars a year and was running or whatever, and then he switches over to this shit, then he's not making hundred thousand dollars a year anymore. He's he's doing this. He's taking a loss. So that's worth something too. The land of value that he increases it by the amount of savings he pulls out of to do whatever and the and his time. But at the end of the day, what it really boils down to is he bought a piece of land and it had a more useful purpose. He wanted to hold it hostage for more than it was worth. Yes. In the end. When it had a more useful purpose. 250 may have been man- low, but a million's probably way if, too if high. If we as a society could just come together and manage our resources like reasonable fucking adults mm-hmm. and not like children, then none right, of this yeah. would have ever been a problem yeah, in the first place. Yeah, none of it should have happened. I mean, both sides. Right. Were but like to bring it all home, some people don't think that we could do that. People like Ayn Rand uh, would rather just say fuck the children if they, you know, nuke themselves into oblivion. Us rich people can just buy, you know, well, well, nuclear bunkers there's, or there's something. There's some amount of for the greater good that can be done. And, like, if this guy only had X amount of dollars in time and whatever, and they can figure out what that's worth that he put into this property, maybe even a little extra just for his inconvenience, and then give him that so they can go somewhere else and do it again. Like, it sucks. It's bad for him. But if it's really that much better, whatever they were going to do is really that much better for society overall, then, yeah, it's a good thing. They just need to compensate them, maybe even compensate them extra. I feel like we can afford to give people more than it's worth to make that sacrifice and have, kind of trample on their dreams a little bit. For really in the, in, the, in the evolved society, then anyone we're fucking over, we should try to make sure that they're getting a good deal out of it to some extent. So they're not 
you know, totally miserable about it. Maybe even getting lucky. Well, yeah, we and yeah, I was like, you could, you said we can afford to make it more than monetary, monetarily, anyways. He's just yeah. one guy, right? So to, to give a little him a little extra, and, and, and really, for, and really, it would have been cheaper in the long run because he wouldn't have built that fucking cement steel. Yeah, that's the thing. How much money there. did he spend getting his revenge? Well, he probably already life. had all. He the already supplies. had the bulldozer. He yeah. already had all the metal. He just welded a fucking cage around it. Yeah. So he was rich in it was It was literally just a whole... Like, he couldn't get out. He kill, He shot himself There's in the head. There's definitely no way he could have done what he did without already having accrued wealth somehow or someone before him having accrued that yeah, wealth. Yeah, he had yep, all but, those fucking materials. But like, yeah. who's the, I don't know how he got his money. I don't know if it was... Was he just a plumber that worked his ass off and saved up all the time and then he thought, finally, I'm going to go out and do my own thing? I mean, I don't... Well, or, it just says his or was background. he just, just like some he, fucking rich beneficiary? I mean, who knows? Just says he was a nice guy, bought the land, probably just had it. He's probably a typical like hardworking tradesman, saved up a whole shit ton of money because, yeah. Probably a typical conservative slash libertarian fucking guy that had a trades job and then made money and then maybe had people working under him and then wanted to go bigger and uh, had his dream fucking trampled on a little too hard for how much he was trying to get out of it. But he was exactly the kind of guy that Ayn Rand would have fetishized, though. The, the lone soldier upholding his rights above the evil collective coming in well, to that's, kick him out of college and make his family the, the, not that, live that in a brownstone gets, anymore gets in St. Petersburg. That the whole point we were talking about of, like, different libertarians, though, because, mm -hmm. like, they wouldn't have got along in person, but she probably still would have, like, idolized him from, like, on paper anyway. Well, in the, yeah, in the libertarian society, he wouldn't have even done anything wrong by building that bulldozer and fucking smashing yeah. shit up. So, and, like, honestly, yeah, but in the libertarian society, though, the concrete plant probably would have been able to just come in and build on his land true. anyway. That's the irony. Muscled him out. Yeah, yeah. It's more profitable. All right, that would have just muscled him out, and then what? Would he have still built the killdozer? Probably, yeah. Well, and then Ayn Rand would just say, well, fuck it, you know, let him average it out, you know? Yeah, I mean, honestly, there is something, there is a romantic appeal to that, that, you know, if you put, it, you should be allowed to total freedom as much as you, as much as you can be, and if that means that people want to fight, then they should be allowed yeah. to fight. The Marxist dialectic is this concept that society kind of lurches forward two steps and then back one step, like you'll have a, you know, sort of a, a progressive action and then a dialectical reaction against it. So, like, for example, oh, yeah. you'll give gay people, people rights and then there's an anti-trans backlash, that sort of thing. Right. You have that's, Obama, that's so you have to have thing. Trump. Everyone to, said that. that's That's old. That's older than Marx. Yes. Didn't Hegel say that, too? Well, with Hegel, it was more of a person-to-person -person sort of thing. That, you like know, every every political thing was he the one that said that, that every you have political a thesis, thing was like a battle of ideas. Thesis, antithesis, and synthesis. And Marxism takes this idea and expands it to society, and um, you know, sort of entangles ideas like the Overton window and stuff. I mean, I feel like society is the the way you could even bring it up. I mean, it really comes down. That's how everything is. There's always a fucking constant reaction you have a reaction to a thing and then it and inevitably you overreact to the thing and then there's this constant wiggling happens you see the same thing even in like machines it's like if you make a machine that's like an air pressure regulator valve and you go in and zoom in and have a fucking sensor on that and look at the pressure it's never it's always going to be squiggling around mm -hmm. 
Well, what it's I, only once you give the machine the ability to sit, not only have a proportional response to the uh, how far out of alignment it is, but you also have like some a response based on how long it's been out of alignment. Have a response based on the rate of change of, of going out of alignment. If you combine all three of those factors, then you can get a machine that'll get close, but there's still always a wiggle. Now, what I what Ayn Rand did was take this sort of similar idea, but apply it in the polar opposite direction. For her. Um, everything is very much about like anarcho-capitalism and as you, anyone who knows anything about capitalism knows the big idea is this invisible hand and so the idea is rather than you know in society-wide dialectics or just conversational dialectics like during a debate you're gonna like, have to say what you what a dialectic is um, like I said thesis antithesis synthesis someone puts forward an idea or a thesis and then there's an inevitable backlash or antithesis against it. And then eventually there is a synthesis where you take the two ideas and sort so of mix the them together. The That's the process, the, the back and forth. Oh, it's, the, it's the word for all of those things. Dialectics. For yes. the back and forth. Yes. And it's sort of the, uh, the relationship. And Hegel had it as sort of a Socratic education thing, you know, like personal debate. Marx had it as social evolution, you know, the steps of how human society moves and how you always have a reactionary element fighting back against all progressive social change. And then Ayn Rand took it to this, like, uh, social Darwinist arena where it was sort of like just everyone should only act as selfishly as possible in their own self-interest no charity, no sharing, no kindness, no mercy, absolute ruthlessness, borderline fascism except without the organizational elements. Um, and that, that is to her the objective morality because clearly if everyone only serves their own self-interest, then they will all just average out in the long run. And the wisdom of the crowd will take precedent, and just the one true outcome of society will just happen on its own. Well, there's something to be said for looking out for yourself, because you only you can really be well equipped to know what you want once you when you really get down to actual self-actualization. Like the government can only provide you so much, and then ultimately it's on you. They can give you everything, and they can give you like the the ultimate utopia, and you can still be miserable. It's up to you. It's up to just the way you're built. But you still have to utilize the tools that are given to you. Right, the individual yeah. definitely never goes yeah, you away. You can give someone a million dollars and they still end up homeless like within a week. You know? Right, like, right. Yeah. But when we're talking about altruism and, and, all, and Ayn Rand being against it, are you saying all forms of altruism? Like, what about having a pet? If you have a dog, is she against that? Like, that's the same thing. You get joy out of being nice to this animal. Or like, what if you have a child that has mental disabilities and will never be able to take care of themselves? So are you going to keep that wheelchair-bound child in your house forever and just take care of them and change your diapers and give them food? That's altruism, too. And really, everything is some is somewhere on that scale, right? That, like, maybe I'm really smart and capable and someone else really isn't. So I'm choosing to take care of my disabled kid and I'm choosing to care for some other person I don't even know that's just not really that good at anything. Like... Well, their big their big thing Personal would be choice. voluntarism. So, like with right. a pet, so for example, you can take care of people. Altruism is okay, but only if it's totally voluntary, and not coerced at all. Well, even then, though, like um, it depends yeah, on the. What about charities? Are they okay with charities? 
Well, it depends. So, for example, um, she would probably argue something like, pets can be useful, or whatever. Pets serve a purpose in our home, and so on and so forth. But Everything bums, has a purpose. But no, bums serve no purpose. There's no use for bums, so... If Don't ever give a homeless a man purpose, change. You can argue that bums have a purpose. Yeah. These are the, these are the people who who say that I if mean, you I'm give a, a homeless man change, change, you're hurting I mean, society. It's a pretty easy parallel to draw, I think, yeah. between a, a pet and, and, and a bum. Oh, uh, let me bring up a... animals, and you want them to live and not suffer needlessly. So you're willing to give up some of your money, or whatever your labor, to take to see that they're looked after by someone, either maybe you. Some people are caretakers more than others, and some people just yeah. want others to be the caretakers. Well, I mean, and she, the, the funny thing is, she's she was uh, she was very anti-religion, wasn't she? She was a starch, yes. staunchy. The thing is, you can argue for the same. You can argue the same reason that pets are, are useful. The same reason that you, it's literally the same reason that religion is useful, like yeah. pure just okay. emotional inspiration. Like she still look, clearly has a religion of some sort. Now it's this just, it's just not yeah. a spiritual one. Capitalism. This shit right. has right here. She's holding is paramount that everyone should be trying to be living for. Okay, this shithead right here is a motherfucker by the name of Harry Benzwanger. Now, this guy actually personally knew Ayn Rand. He's like a fellow at her institute or whatever, and he is, like, considered a foremost expert in objectivist ideology and, like, works at a think tank and blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, so he... Even I his, def- look, his byline. laissez-faire ca- capitalism. So it's like, it's it basically... that Laissez-faire capitalism is basically like anarcho, an- anarcho-capitalism. Cap- I mean, just the title. Let's just no. read through this real quick. We can just take turns or whatever the fuck, because, let's see here. Give back... Uh, well, Alright, first of all, I've never heard this guy talk, but what do you guys think he sounds like? That's his I face. I don't know, and I don't care to speculate. It's time for the 99% to give back to the 1%. Yep, you greedy poor people taken from us rich folks. It's time to gore another collectivist sacred cow. This time, it's the popular idea that the successful are obliged to give back to the community. (laughs) You know, like... That oft-heard claim assumes the wealth of high earners is taken away from the community. And beneath that lies the perverted, perverted Marxist notion that wealth is accumulated by exploiting people, not by creating value. So like the peasants in like 1066 that made whatever his name was, signed the Magna Carta, were like communists? You know, I would say so. I don't think uh, Harry Benzwanger would like that assessment very much. Yeah, but, uh, well, I guess you could say Epicurus was a communist then. When what? he said everyone should stop trying to like make shit tons of money and instead just like live with their friends and hang out and help each other and have a good time. Well, Jesus was a communist, and that's why they are so uh, rabidly atheist, ironically. Are we going to read all this shit? We're not going to read it all out loud, but I am going to scroll through and find a few little key gems Good here luck. and there. Good luck. Like, for example, uh, as if Henry Ford was not necessary for Fords to roll off the assembly lines and Steve Jobs was... Okay, first off, this one's just a complete lie. Steve Jobs was not fucking necessary for any of that. He didn't design it. He. I think he was. He. Oh, God. He, he was. How? He, well, he had the idea of it. Yeah, what yeah. idea? Obviously, 
shit would have happened eventually without him. But somebody has to be the guy to show up and say, hey, you guys should do this. Yeah. Someone has to be the guy to show up and say, it, hey, let's market this with a lowercase i in front of the name. It wouldn't be the same yep. without him. Damn right. Absolutely. And it's obvious. He's Apple, a visionary. iPhone is, the, is like the best possible example you could have of something this one. Except, let me ask you something, though. Apple, He's been dead for eight years. Yeah, and, and is Apple and hurting for him being dead? Actually, yeah, were they, uh, yeah, were probably. Yeah. But even if they're not, then then that's two different things. He created the idea. He was the first one to do it and market it the Can way he did. Can you prove that? I want to see if, if Steve Jobs I'm hadn't have been there, Apple would have been more like Microsoft right now. Like, yeah, they have the differences between them are kind of shitty. Apple's like got shitty things, like more inclusive, more like, you know. Um, fucking restricted software and got stupid little gimmicks but they wouldn't Play store's be, not much different yeah but they got they have yeah now especially now but they have the uniqueness of apple wouldn't be the same without him he's always Whether been be, about he's always been about clever gimmicks that like when the yeah. iphone came out it was less capable than it's oh i see he had this brilliant idea to investigate the use of touchscreen devices Man, if it hadn't been for his vision no of saying, no hey, said God. That. In fact, I specifically said already that it would have happened anyway. So all you can say is he had the shit to put it together. He No. He made them... What was his contribution? He, well, it's the same reason that Apple... Like, it's the same reason why Apple... Yeah, you make iPhone. that face like it's so obvious. What did he do that was necessary that, that made him integral to this process? What nope. makes him the keystone? No one does anything that makes them integral to the process. Okay, then. Everyone so we is agree. a necessary cog. The difference is there's only one Steve Jobs and a lot of network engineers and a lot of computer programmers. But the point is, even without a a Steve Jobs, it would have happened. And if everything would happen without anyone. But without a Hitler, there still would have been fucking warfare in the time. Does that mean Hitler wasn't bad and that we shouldn't have a special no, I'm fucking place the in society to what, recognize Hitler as a supreme What asshole? Harry Binswanger is saying is that the Steve Jobs of the world owe nothing to the people that actually built their phones or actually like literally that that's bullshit. We're not we're not, not we're not arguing for that. Obviously, Steve Jobs owes something to the engineers and the fucking people that did all that shit. Yeah, just because Steve Jobs can accumulate lots of wealth doesn't mean he actually. But would you it. argue that? Yeah. As he I, says I, here, I, I as agree. if no, we we agree he was overhyped. He was. I would say he's probably not. A, he's definitely not a genius like a lot of people. Oh, say. I think he's a genius. But uh, he's I, a that, genius at exploiting people. Well, I don't know that. You that, could maybe say a, a generous way of saying it was he was a genius at organizing people. He was a fucking crazy ass maniac that was way up his own ass, and he got people to do stuff by exploiting them. He definitely took way more than he deserved and put people through the ringer. He, he made a lot of people. Was suffer he necessary for iPhones and iPads to, to come into out existence? when they did? Yes. Well, for people to get excited about it and actually go for it? Yes. Because look, yeah, the, the iPhone was the not whole... the first smartphone. The iPhone wasn't even that great when it came out, but it was wildly popular. Yeah, because he because had he to focused, capture people, people's yeah, imagination. He focused on aesthetic. He was a, a that thing. was a big thing with him. It's it was aesthetic. He got and aesthetic is what got it sold. Yeah, aesthetic. That's why. That's why the iPod. It's impossible to speculate, but 
I don't I don't necessarily agree that he got people using smartphones. I think they got people he got people using his smartphones. Yeah. They were you can say he was good yeah. at marketing. You can well, say he was good at this, you can say he was good at that. The iPod. But the strict question like is was he necessary for iPhones? Was John F. Kennedy necessary for us to go to the moon? That's a fair question and no. Right, he wasn't. But guess what? He should be. He should get some pretty fucking good credit for it. Yes, but it would be bullshit. It is bullshit. When Democrats, for example, should Obama get credit for Osama? He wasn't the Navy SEAL that went and got him. He wasn't any of them. Should should he get credit? Yes, he should get some. Just like a general Uh, should get credit for winning a battle. The general wasn't the guy killing people. It depends on the specifics. But he what did Obama? What did Obama bring in? I don't know specifically like how greatly increased funding. But was what? he literally sitting there, like, making the day-to-day, like, exact See, plans? See, this is exactly what I was just talking about. It's not a, jo- a leader's job to do anything. It's a leader's job to tell people what to do. Okay, what qualifies Steve Jobs to be the leader in the first place? I don't know. Ask all the people that fucking willingly were led by him. How willingly? How led? Well, they kicked him out, and then they brought him back. So I w- and then they didn't get rid of him again until he fucking died. So I and they let him speak at all their shit. So I would say that they kind of ha- had some stock, some stake, some stock belief in what he had to say well, because, because they structured their companies around it. Because let him his be the focus about it on aesthetic over function is what sold their fu- sold iPods. Well, there were MP3 players long like long before iPods were a thing, but iPods sold like fucking hotcakes. In the in the niche thing that attracted people to them was the aesthetic, which was Steve Jobs' thing. We even look at like Bose speakers. Most of yeah. them are junk, but yeah, or Beats. Beats by exactly. fucking Gray. Like, but, it's this bullshit. So wait, aren't people... we proving that this is a problem, no. not a good thing? No, because here's the thing. Like, if you're going to get into something, you need something flashy and cool to make you to make it to rouse your interest. Like Teslas. It's like, no one gives a fuck about electric cars. They're for nerds. They're geek shit. But Teslas are sexy as fuck. And so people want them. And at some point now, because Teslas are a thing rich people can have, they're going to make a cheaper Tesla, which they have. And now other companies are making cheap electric cars, which are good. And it's going to get even cheaper. It's going to get even better. Anything cool and new and awesome that, that is for the people, that is for everyone, starts off as a nerdy, yes, nerdy geeky, fancy thing. What we all agree that is that it's not just cool. the brainchild of one great man from whom everything else flows forth and down from whom everything trickles. Yeah, obviously. Trickles. Nobody said that. And I think yeah. we can all agree that even if people he, he didn't create took a out bunch of... Vacuum. Like, that even if people took pitchforks up Steve Jobs' ass 30 years before he died, we would have something like an iPhone. He was not Something necessary. like it, but not yeah, a, it would, but, There wouldn't be yeah. as many people using them. We don't yeah. know that, though. Uh, how many people bought iPhones when they came out versus how many people already had smartphones? I bet it, I bet there was like 5 million iPhones were sold like immediately. So like, what? Versus like smartphones what? were first becoming popular at that exact time. Yes, Surprise, yeah. surprise, yeah. the most popular brand launched at the same time as the technology was becoming fucking feasible. To it was already produce. feasible years before that, but, but it was for nerds and business people. No, it was just very expensive and also very shitty. iPhones were expensive. People bought those. Yeah, but they were less shitty. They weren't. They were compare shitty. an iPhone. I'd, I'd rather have a Nokia E70 than an iPhone 1. I'd rather yes, have a Moto but Q9C. a Nokia E70 requires, like, knowledge to be able to use. It doesn't oh, have big, colorful exactly, icons Exactly, shit. that's what I'm saying. Big, colorful icons yeah. Steve Jobs thing. didn't fucking design. 
It was his vision. Yeah. Oh, yeah, his, his vision. Hey, guys, make something with a touch screen. It has to be real usable with big shit on it. Yeah, but Nobody did it till Oh, man, that no, guy he, was real he, necessary. He, yeah, man, without us, that genius. That. Yeah, yeah. Without the genius who told people to just do shit well, that already existed because, because with exactly, means of production that already exists. That's what every invention is, is a combination of already existing things into the a piece of shit that could have paid all his employees $400,000 a head. We're not whether or not he was a piece of shit. Yeah, he was an asshole. We yeah, we agree on that. We both already said he should have paid people better, and that I even no, but said I argue he was beyond people. a piece of shit. I think he was completely unnecessary. That's I no. think our culture would totally not suffer. What I think we would be better off do, without Steve Jobs. What we need if to do anything. is find people like Stephen Jobs and then keep them. Stephen Jobs, Steve Jobs, and then control them and socialize them as best as we can. No, we, I think we need to take people like Steve Jobs out of the process entirely. If people weren't alienated from the means of production. Maybe no, Steve Wozniak still could have useful. just built the fucking Apple II without having to have a rich asshole friend to fund them. And then Steve, Steve Jobs wouldn't have ever bought into Apple. Steve Wozniak wanted a nerd machine. And the thing is, at some point, you have to make a, an everyone machine. You know, everyone has to give in their input then. They can't, because not everyone can be a nerd about everything. Yeah, well, neither can Steve Jobs, apparently, because he never actually Steve Jobs made something for everyone. He made things, something for everyone, the people. That's why he was He didn't make control. anything. Nobody made anything, if that's the case. Yeah. No, nobody, actually, someone no did. Made, nope, no Somewhere in China, a Foxconn worker jumped out of a fucking third-story window to their death so that Steve Jobs could have another summer he home make an iPhone and either. take one extra little interferon treatment for his liver cancer. That guy didn't make an iPhone. Nobody made an iPhone. Well, that guy certainly did a lot more toward making iPhones. No, nope, if Steve that Jobs guy would have been. never been born, the iPhone still would have been made in the exact same time. Yes, but and that guy actually did the made. work to make it. All Steve Jobs did was take advantage of people who would actually had the skills to do the work and could have done it he without had him the idea them for the iPhone. Those fucking Foxconn factory workers would have never made an iPhone in their life if it wasn't for Apple. No, but someone else never... would have come up with the idea. The idea already existed. Right. He didn't even oh, come up with it. You're right. There would have been another Steve Jobs. Yeah, okay. Not even that. I mean, literally, the, the exact engineers that invented the iPhone may very well have still invented the iPhone without yes, Steve Jobs. Have, well, but they didn't. Yeah. Anything may have happened. You can suspect and suppose all you want. But somebody, somebody regardless, has to be the guy doing it, regardless, telling we, the people to do it. Regardless, Always. I think we can all agree. There's some, there's some committee or some individual that a committee listens to. If, if I put to you like says, this, this is what we should do, and who is, they listened. Who is more necessary for a product rolling off the assembly line, as it says right here? Necessary for Steve force. Jobs. If you had to pick any one person, it would be Steve Jobs. No, the most I'm saying necessary. people as a whole. You can't compare one person to a million people. Yeah, That's I fucking can. stupid. I sure as fuck. You are. You're no, the I'm one not. saying that this one guy is as necessary as the million people to make this thing happen. No, I'm not. I think that's ridiculous. Obviously, the million Henry, people. Obviously Henry the Ford million people was much necessary. less necessary to make the Model T roll off the assembly line than the workers were. You are a fucking retard if you think Henry Ford dying in 1880 versus a random guy. He didn't guy die in the 1880s. Listen, listen to me, you fucking idiot. Oh my god. Henry Ford, if he died in 1880 versus one of his factory workers having died in 1880. Which one would affect whether or not there was a, there was a Ford Model T or a car even like it? Which Specifically one? Which the Model one? T or which a car one would even have, like it? A car even like it. Exactly. Like I said, which one would have affected the mass production of cars? It's hard coming? to say. It's easy as fuck to say. No. Henry Ford is way more likely to have had an impact than the guy pulling levers at his factory. Eh. Which one's more necessary? 
than him or them? Obviously him. He's at the top of the hierarchy. Now, which one's more necessary? Him or this part of the hierarchy or this part of the hierarchy? Both are necessary. But if you had to pick mm. one guy, he's more important. I think it's, it's pretty obvious. obvious. Which, what's going to affect the country more? If the president let me, dies Let me or put to you dies? like this. If Donald In Trump which dies, scenario are you likelier to get a Model more? T? A Model T factory with a bunch of workers inside of it building a car? Or a guy standing there saying, hey, I've got a great idea. And everyone sits around and looks at them and says, fuck you. That's not even close to the same comparison. Because the only way you'd have a factory is if you had a guy. No, that's not true. The only way you have a factory How is if you have people working up? in the fucking factory. Oh, yeah, right. Maybe and the somebody... people in the factory don't need a magic idea man telling yeah, them they... what to do. Yeah, they do. How, how would they know what to make unless they all agreed on some idea that was made by a person? In, Maybe they can pick there... out their own person to give well, them ideas rather yeah, than having one voice to down they, the There's always going to be one one or a few people that are going to have more ideas than other people, though. That's, that's the thing. Yeah, Nobody's doubting that, but he's not... The they, key element. They could have picked their own guy. Happen. They could have picked their own. Great man theory nobody is a said, bunch of bullshit. Nobody said there was one key element. In fact, I literally. Harry Binswanger did the fucking article said, behind your fucking face. We're not, not listening. We're, you're not listening. That's that's what guy. that's what I'm commenting on. If there's though. any one guy that was the most necessary, it was the guy at the top. Duh. Uh, Duh. What's going to affect a company mm. more if the CEO dies or if a, or if a bottom line fucking janitor there dies obviously the ceo what's now wait 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 see there's 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 a little bit of a fucking bait and switch going on here yes any one worker who's doing a job performed by a million people collectively right. that's like losing a blood cell as opposed to losing a whole person and then you've only got one ceo so yes there's a little bit of a difference here just yeah. mathematically yeah, but my point is Looking at these things just as elements of the production, you know, you, you look at labor as a whole, you look at management as a whole. That's what I already said. Yes, which is more necessary when it comes down to it, labor is always more necessary. At the end of the day, you have, to bring it back to the magical term, a dialectic happening between production and consumption. Under capitalism, you have traditional idea of, like, supply and demand, but under, like, you know dialectical materialism you have this idea of like a base and a superstrate and the base consists of like you know factory workers so on and so forth assembly people the people who build shit and then the superstrate or whatever you want to call it consists of like intellectuals idea men politicians leaders or whatever and the two interact with each other back and forth in sort of a cyclical manner yeah nobody disagrees with that yeah that is a more accurate depiction of how an economy works than Henry Ford was necessary for Fords to roll off the non-existent assembly line yeah. that he, he personally made yeah. by himself Nobody with no influences or help of any Nobody kind. Said he made it himself. But Henry Benzwanger did. No, uh, that's what I'm say that. Uh, right there. It's implied. No, it's not. It is, because he's an objectivist, which is what we're here to talk about. Oh, if you want to read anything in anyone else's words, then I... Well, let's see here, because he goes on. There's more to the article. For example, let's begin by stripping away the collectivism. The community never gave anyone anything. Get ready to get woke. Person? This is some real Can woke shit here. you just read shit normally? What? Can you just read shit normally? No, I'm too excited by how retarded it is. 
The community never gave anyone anything. Well, that's obviously wrong. The community, the society, the nation is just a number of interacting individuals, not a mystical entity floating in a cloud above them. And when some individual person, a parent, a teacher, a customer, gives something to someone else, it is not an act of charity, but a trade for value received in return. Okay, so that's an adolescent view of the world, that everything is completely transactional. That is, that is equivalent, the first part of that, I agree, I was going to get to the transactional element, and you're spot on, but I was going to say too, he's literally on the level of, hey guys, human beings don't exist, just collections of human cells that all just happen to function as if they were a collective whole. Give me a Nobel Prize in biology, please. It's like, yeah, dude. Yeah, we know. Yeah, well, no, you don't. He's saying the community doesn't do any good. He's saying it's just don't a bunch of individual people doing what makes them feel good based on the way they've been made to feel good uh, based on their impressions of people. Like, if some black guy donates to a black charity, then it's only because he likes black people because of the black people he saw in his life and that he's doing some, he's had some transaction in the past and he's paying it back. By them really being nice to him, he's being nice to them. It's just well, you're just reducing all altruism into something totally transactional, and I don't think that that's really the, the right way to look at it. I think that not only instinctually, but also um, you could say morally, that adults especially, but even children have some some sense about certain ways you should behave, just intrinsically, certain principles you should adhere, like try to tell the truth, try to be nice to people. They're just things that are rewarding for their own sake, even if you aren't being paid back. Even if you, even, and maybe you could argue that technically you're being paid back in some other way, like your own happiness or feelings or some stupid shit like that. But ultimately, that's just an, a stupid way of saying altruism is a thing and principles are a thing. Some people just want to see justice. They just want to see the truth, even if it doesn't benefit them, other than, other than knowing that it happened. And that's not a transaction in the same sense. Now, would you agree that all... So, Proper human interactions win-win. No, win. no. What? Are all proper human interactions win-win by default? Oh, I mean, yeah, but how do you even define that? Because, well, I mean, voluntary trade with no force, no force or well, fraud. coercion is impossible to escape from. Define proper. I mean, I guess if you uh, proper human interactions, if they're proper, then it's a win-win. But I think this, I, I have a feeling this guy's idea of what's proper is very fucked up and skewed anyway. Well, if I, like, jump on you and rape you, and I enjoyed it and you didn't, then that's not yeah. proper. So the only way that, so basically by his definition, everything is something that's good for both parties. Like, you want to sell your yeah, car, but so I'm going to buy it for what it's, what's good for what both it's properties worth. is what I'm arguing. Like, if, if, yeah, what, just, what, he, what he, what he thinks is best for both people. We just said win-win. Yeah. So I think that's up to the individuals to decide what if they feel like they're winning. Yeah, and well, and it's, I think, and obviously, like, he probably, he, he thinks that people have a lot more freedom in the workplace right now than they actually do. Like, oh yeah, they agreed to work for well, this company. Yeah, but they really didn't have a whole lot of fucking choice. Like, well, but you see, though... With wages being restricted right. like, like they are. Right, if it's like suck my dick or be shot, well, then you're yeah. going to be... And I can convince you to feel happy that I didn't kill you, then is that a win-win situation? Well, you, you see, though... That it, I, I broke yeah. you down so much that you Scroll back me. up, by the way, to the what we're 
looking at before yeah and then and then what he, and obviously and then it goes to like further reveal right here it's not the henry fords and steve jobs who exploit people it's the al capones and bernie madoffs first of all no henry ford there's historical evidence henry ford exploited people like he like shot union members and fucking obviously exploited labor and of course Steve Jobs yeah, did. Even and I would say police. Al Capone fucking exploited people a lot less than like than any of those two. Those two fucking exploited. Well, Al Capone at least didn't do anything any, really any well, good though. In in uh, ironically, ironically, yeah, mobsters always do shit like that. Yeah, and ironically enough, Al Capone's existence is due to like the exploitation of industry. He he, the reason he became so fucking big was because of prohibition. Like, right. And that right there was exploitation. Yeah. Like, but now yeah. my my favorite part so far is what comes next. Each particular individual in the community who com who contributed to a man's rise, a man's rise in, in, to wealth, was paid at the time. Either materially or, as in the case of parents and friends, spiritually. There is no debt to this charge. So, just because I went to public schools that were good, and then made them shitty for your generation, or took them away so that you couldn't go, or like raised tuition 20 times higher than it was. Well, that's not my fault. My debt is paid. The teachers who taught me 30 years ago, they received their salaries at the time, so I shouldn't have to pay taxes for schools. I'm not literally using it right now, so... This is some boomer logic right here. Uh, I mean, of course it is. This guy literally knew Ayn Rand, that the youngest he could be would be to be a boomer. When did she die? Uh, 82 or something. I will point out, by the way, guess uh, what this guy's day job is, like where his money comes from, how, what his main source of income is so that he can play philosopher all day. Mm. Like wealth management or something? Consultant. Writer. Granddaddy's Glass Company. Glass factory. Oh, so it was family inherited job. Yeah. yeah. I wonder why someone whose entire income rests on being able to leech excess profits off of a privately owned means of production would be so afraid of Marxists. I can't even. Everyone begin gets to paid imagine. from excess profits. Well, that's not my point, though. When you're in a position like he is, you didn't have to put anything into the business to acquire it. You were given it for free, fully formed, as an inheritance. The most you had to pay in was, like, being a good grandson. Whoop Depends shit. on that. The job might actually be really hard. If he does a job. Right. I mean, maybe he it's does. Tell. Yeah, maybe. But, but in, yeah. in theory, at least... But the owner of a factory can sit there and just live forever without having to do an ounce of work, just delegating out everything and living on their laurels just by the sheer luck of having a lot of resources. Hypothetically, a CEO could, of, a, of a big company could make a lot of money doing almost nothing. And he wouldn't some, even be CEO, he's just whatever. the owner. And some do. but Yeah, like the Walmart uh, family. The family. Yeah, the Walmart family. Or are they That's involved why people in it? I don't know, I'm not really landlords. sure what they actually do. Nothing. They That's yeah. They the company is run by someone who isn't part of the family. They're just large shareholders, and they get paid dividends. So there's benefactors. The, of yeah, they, they get paid money because they own such huge chunks of the fucking of the company's shares. They basically so literally, literally get paid money for having money. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't be too upset if there was some limit on inheritance. Or just not have inheritance. Yeah, well, that, that's what that's what they're trying to. That's what the, the people inherit Trump everything. administration is trying to get rid of right now. Is the uh, was the 
the inheritance tax. Oh, the death the tax. Esta- estate but now tax. wait. Yeah, the death tax. Now, me yeah. personally, I'm pretty disgusted by this guy just up to this point. But, you know, it's just pretty typical conservatard bullshit. But here's where it goes overboard. This is where you get into Ayn Rand territory. Because she has to ramp everything up to absurd levels, be very salacious and shit. There's nothing, no debt, nothing to give back. Well, maybe there is. In the other direction, the shoe is on the other foot. It is the community that should give back to the wealth creators. That's right. We should be paying the rich people even more money oh, yes. than we already are to thank them for their inimitable the job, genius. job creators. Yes, you see, as quoted in Atlas Shrugged, I love how he puts an actual fucking Atlas Shrugged quote here for us to peruse. And I'm not even going to read it. You can read it. It's right there. Yeah. No, I mean, there's some truth to what she's saying. That the average person in any society just wants to, like, have, live their life, and they don't really give a shit. So it, there's a few fucking crazy retards that are always saying, this is not good enough, and they're willing to, like, go nuts trying to get as, rouse up as many people as they can to work hard at making something that's going to make it easier to make more shit. And so after enough of those fucking weirdos have... have gotten people to listen to them and do what they want to do want them to do we end up at modern civilization and because of those people we're here and without the, that small minority we wouldn't have modern civilization but yeah sure with we still have it's just, you can't invalidate either party they're now, both you, required for us to be what we are now, what do you think of this modest proposal Anyone who earns a million dollars so or comically more over the top should be should exempt be from all income taxes. Awarded the congressional fucking now, medal of now honor. Now, if you make less than a million dollars, you have to start paying taxes again. I mean, they they as much as they already steal from like the lower class. Yeah, I mean, that's it's, the way it already is. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you couldn't you couldn't even really take if you if they started doing that that would literally start a fucking revolution like you want to get you want to get people with pitchforks right like do this shit right here this will this the, the, doing this will make that happen probably within like at least a decade like there'll be people in the streets eating the fucking rich and then he goes on to say that Goldman Sachs are really great guys and they just channel money to its most productive use. By which we mean lucrative use. Because if it makes money, that's automatically the best, most useful thing that it could possibly be doing. Right. Money doesn't always represent good to the society. That's the attempt is what, of what it's supposed to be. And then my favorite thing is... But when you allow money for its own sake, then you end up with a lot of weird, stupid shit that isn't actually good. And I think this sums up the lady we're talking about this evening perfectly right here. An end must be put to the inhuman practice of draining the productive to subsidize the unproductive. You know what? I actually agree with that, ironically. We definitely should stop draining factory workers to subsidize assholes like Harry Binswanger. The Binswanger Glass Factory in Virginia should definitely be the property of the people who work at it and not his old fucking ass. But anyway... Right, right. And ideally, that company would be self-owned by all of its employees, and they would appoint... Not by his fucking... Which is something Bernie Sanders, it's a policy proposal... And then they would appoint a leader. 
Yeah, it's a... And they a, wouldn't appoint him so what, he could what, go what, around what, and say, you should be thanking me for this, yeah, you what, ungrateful pieces of shit. If they felt like they even needed a leader. If they're not big enough to need one guy whose job it is to make all those calls, then they wouldn't even have one. They would just not pick one. But if they did, then then they would say, okay, what, we want this. We, we want there to be a position to do it. Does anybody want to do it? Nobody wants to do it. Okay, what do we need to what do we need to do to incentivize this enough? Like, well, everyone says, well, that job is going to be really hard. I have to make a lot of decisions. I have to be on call all the time. I get all the blame. I fuck shit up. So then everyone kind of gets gets talking. And they say, okay, that job is really really stressful. Maybe yeah. we'll turn it into two positions, well, or maybe we'll just make it so that they get paid a little bit better or something. And, and if you get and enough people, they in build a group. it up to the point that now, okay, somebody wants to do it. Yeah. There, there will be always if you, especially if you have enough people working. There's always going to be one person, at least one person, that wants to take on that responsibility because people, there are those people that love that kind of stress. Right. They thrive in that and they enjoy, like they act like they hate it, but they, you know, enjoy it and whatnot. They enjoy being right. under that so kind you, of. You either find a, a crazy type A person like that, or you get someone who's not quite like that enough incentive to want to do it. If that's what you want, if that's what the workers decided they need, was a guy to do that. Well, I, actually, you guys are all wrong because an end must be put to the primordial notion that one's life belongs to the tribe, to the community. No one even said anything about that. And that the superlative wealth creators must do penance for the sin of creating value. And Ayn Rand is just the lady who can do it. Well, you were saying that the factory workers should get a say in how their factory is run. Uh, what? Should Harry Binswanger's life in his grandfather's beloved family factory belong to the tribe, to the community, just because they leech off if him by doing work in his factory? If Binswanger is a badass and everybody wants to pick him as the guy they listen to, then cool. Well, but Forbes magazine they, did. But, but if they don't pick him, then he shouldn't have that job and get whatever benefits come with that job. Well, no, and, he, and something he's tells me that they job. I'm not saying I don't think there shouldn't be any inheritance, but... I think the biggest legitimate cause you can have for an inheritance is to say that you want to make sure you want to really bust your ass so that way your kids can have enough to get through to get through life comfortably. Inheritance but, is just the way that people pretend that feudalism is meritocratic capitalism. Like but, this guy goes on and on about how idea men drive the world basically. Great men with great ideas are the ones that move and shake everything I mean, around I would them. say to some extent it's true. Just like but, a driver of a car drives the car, but you but still can't drive without a car. But he uses that to defend the system yeah, where no, most of the wealth earners... for malicious purposes. We're not, yeah, we're not, yeah. We're, yeah, we're not arguing. Yeah, that. but I am. Most of the wealth earners, though, in our society are like him. Yeah. He didn't actually, he's not an idea man. He just was born rich with a fucking factory. Oh, he definitely right. has an inflated sense of self-worth. Well, like, you definitely got people who inherited high positions of power that want to point to some badass to justify their own position. Or to equate themselves into, because so clearly, said. yeah, clearly he's a badass idea man too. That's why, let's read his a little bio down here, by the way. One of his employees would like to read that. Oh, I'm sure that they would. I'm sure his employees have never even seen him in person. I'm sure the last time he toured that fucking glass plant was to make sure that they were breaking just enough safety regulations to save money, but not enough to get caught. 
or some well, no. shit like that. He would make sure they're following it, and that if you didn't, you would be, they would be able to fire you because it's cheaper. They fire you specifically because you had seniority. He would fire older people that way they wouldn't get pensions. Yeah, he would find like a like, black single no, mother. He would make sure they followed the rules though, but also push them enough to where they would be incent almost incentivized to break the rules. He would be to simultaneously keep up. told to yeah. break the rules and told not to break yeah. the rules, so that way they could be selectively As, fired. Yeah, which happens in all factories. As someone who's worked in two different factories for seven years. That happens in all fucking factories. Oh. They they tell you and they make sure you follow the rules, and sometimes they're okay with you breaking them, but then when it's convenient, they're not okay with you breaking the rules. Oh my god, this guy's a professor. To be fair, I think that happens in every institution, and it will always happen. There will always be some amount of rule-breaking and allowed rule-breaking, so long as it doesn't come back to hurt whoever has the power to say that it's not allowed anymore. Can you imagine having this guy in class, like, being taught by this douchebag? I've been taught by equally douchey people. But can you imagine having him grading your fucking? I had papers? an anthropology class where I, um, where I wrote that the differences between black people and white people were did it, were shown to exist on some level, like different medicines work well on black people versus on white people, and that every difference we found so far has been superficial and irrelevant garbage. It doesn't have anything to do with human rights. So we should still treat everyone the same. And I got a zero on it. Because I said that there were differences between people. They were trying to they were trying to make us write a paper that said race didn't exist. I mean, that's just a lie. I mean, there's literally <coughs> commercials. Like there was a medicine called like Yaz or whatever. There, mm -hmm. there's literally commercials where like African American yeah, um, women should not take this medication. You know, like right. sickle cell anemia, that you know, that kind of shit. Like Right, there's obviously differences. The point is they're superficial. Do and even then it goes beyond that. Because it's like even if you found some crazy information like uh all Asians have an average of five more IQ points. Does that mean every Asians deserve special rights? No. What if what if it turns out white people are the dumb ones and they have 95 IQ compared to black people's 100 IQ on average? Does that mean white people should have fewer rights? No. I mean, is just that, like, would that even be just statistically like people, significant? Just like 80, yeah, totally. Just like 85 IQ people should have the same rights as 100 IQ people and so on and so forth. People with 140 IQ shouldn't get more rights. What's you treat the, everyone the same. What's the standard deviation on that? It depends, but some people say 14 points, some people say 15 points. Well then, well I guess, a, would, how significant would a five-point average difference between a large population Pretty significant. Be? With a large population, you could definitely measure it. I don't think any such thing's ever been found, though. No, it hasn't. But yeah. I'm saying that even if it was, even if you found something where it turns out, okay, these people are worse, it's like we even have animal rights. You can't just go mutilating dogs. Okay, well, obviously everyone, every normal race of people is smarter than dogs, so don't mutilate them either. Rights and responsibilities. We have them because we're clearly capable in general to be able to do whatever, and so we have the same responsibilities and rights. Uh, your only responsibility is to yourself, Steve, okay? You, you clearly haven't been listening to the philosophy of Ayn Rand this entire time. It doesn't matter if one race is inferior or not. It's besides the point. Well, it does to people who are of those races considered inferior and have to, like, put up with bullshit, like... Well, that's what I'm saying. We shouldn't treat them differently. Because even if it turns out to be, let's say, white people are inherently stupider, okay? But that doesn't mean Jason's stupid, so why would you treat him like he's stupid? You still have to treat everyone as an individual and learn what they know and what they're capable of and what they can do. If, if, if Asians actually do have a special fucking secret fucking gene in them that just makes them a little bit better at math... Whatever. Okay, fine. That doesn't mean all Asians are good at math. 
but if women are naturally dumb at math, it doesn't mean all women are. So you still can't ever in, in, enact some fucking policy of treating people a certain way based on a trend because nobody is the trend. Society is the trend. The only time you can do that is if it's something that someone chooses. Like if a dog could do algebra well, and, and calculus and shit and was the smartest fucking creature to have ever lived at math, well then are you going to look down and say, well, dogs in general can't even talk. And, and if that dog starts whipping out some crazy quantum mechanics formulas, you're going to fucking believe oh, it because guys, they're right. Does it matter what the, what race it was of? And it only and it only makes things worse if you do it anyway. Like, what's what 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 is the difference between like treating them like differently? Then like it's literally only going to make the situation worse. Even if yeah. they are worse at that one thing, treating them worse is only going to make yeah, it worse. Yeah, nobody wants to be treated that way. Yeah. Even fucking monkeys have a sense of what's fair and not fair. Yeah. As like treating treating a mentally handicapped person like more severely more so like a mentally handicapped person is only going to make that make him feel like he's dumber and more fucking let le less capable. So did you uh, check out what I highlighted? I'm reading it. Now read to the end. Yes, you are in fact seeing, uh, I'm going to have to do some editing for the audio only listeners, um, I'll just lay around us reading it out loud or something, but, um, it does in fact end with her, uh, becoming addicted to, uh, fucking, uh, amphetamines for three decades, which would explain, now, was it the three of us who were talking about this earlier today or yesterday or something? Yesterday, amphetamines. Yes, we were talking about Donald Trump taking speed. Now, was it was it you who had heard about that? We both had, I thought. Yeah, it's no, it's been a rumor that's been going around for a while. So, like, say, like, more about that. Like, what's what's the rumor as you heard it? I just heard that he had, and he acts like somebody that does use use amphetamines. Yeah, he has he has mood swings. People and his staffers complain about it all the time. Like the slightest thing, like slightest thing that he sees a, like that negative about him on the news, and he throws like a t fucking temper tantrum. And you see it in the tweets, obviously, and that's just like filtered stuff, you know, behind not even stuff that's behind closed doors that they have to deal with. More, more, more. I'm the shit. That's what somebody on amphetamines. Is doing. They're just always wanting to do more, get no, more shit why done. Would, why and would he's, he he's prescribe proven, them? He's pr and he's why proven. would who prescribe them? Why Why would Donald Trump be prescribed them? Like Obvious. what would, what would have been the, the original fucking president? Because he's he always a been in, yeah. he's always been in positions to have a lot of. But where potential would it have started for someone in his position? Like what would be the initial diagnosis that would get you the speed? Other than, I guess, saying, "Hey, doctor, I want some speed." Well, what he would have done is gone to his doctor and said. There's a lot of responsibilities I have. I don't feel like I have the correct interest and focus to be able to do them. And it's plaguing me. It's making me miserable and I'm failing at my duties. And in order to be who I need to be, I need this shit to get this done. And the doctor says, okay, here you go. And then, and of course they would because he's a fucking rich, powerful billionaire yeah. with his charismatic. And he oh, and he, he had needs. his doctor fucking ball up. You saw his doctor, right? Dr. Harold Bornstein? Lie about his weight. Yeah, or wait, no, that was the White House doctor. But no, if if he even had to do that, doc. So that's the thing. The doctors they get they get like 
fucking they get incentives to, to give pills to people. So he could have just straight up fucking went to his personal doctor, who is the doctor Donald Trump. So he's probably in the business of making money more so than you know over his health. Look at that guy. That guy's a fucking badass. That yeah. is Donald Trump's fucking. He doesn't give a doctor. fuck, man. He gives yeah. people whatever they want. I'm all for giving people people giving whatever his drugs they want. Fucking coffee cups, a prescription bottle. Yeah, exactly. That Good guy literally admitted that the letter that he sent out. Uh, like to say that Trump was in perfect health or whatever was literally written by Donald Trump, like dictated by him, and yeah. like printed well, on if he even this guy's to, letterhead. Even if if he even had to give that bullshit excuse, which he pro obviously, I mean, look at the guy. He probably didn't. The guy was like, "Okay, I'll give you this drug because that's going to make me a shit ton of money, and you want very it, appropriately." So just, just, well, I mean, look no, at I don't even care. I just see him as a regular old drug dealer that happened to go through medical school. Well, how do you think yeah. Donald Trump met this guy too? It's perfect. Perfect. No. Uh, nepotism. Uh, Trump's original doctor was this guy's dad. Perfect. Uh. Makes sense. They met through They met through a friend. That's the way a lot of people get doctors. It's somebody you know or somebody recommended by somebody you know. Or somebody in your town. Nepotism, whatever. Yeah, everything Trump does is through his family somehow. Yeah, that's what everything everyone does is. You can only do things through people you know. I guess that's true. Well, I mean, unless you're fucking Ayn Rand or something, in which case you just do it all by yourself and everyone else is a second-hander. A pipe dream. Even she even she had the help of her fucking parents. Everyone did. Everyone is helped by others. You know, I wonder if this novel wasn't the basis for the Ben Fold song philosophy. I don't know, I haven't heard it. it talks about putting on a hard hat and shit. I don't want to talk about it too much because of copyright or whatever can't really like play the song or whatever there's nothing worse than talking about a song and not being able to listen to or play any of it it's pretty shitty but say la vie i guess hey look rand extended her f involvement with anti-communist activism while working in hollywood she was so pro-freedom like so super pro-freedom and pro-individual that she like spoke to the HUAC under McCarthy and like so she was outing communists in Hollywood she's one of those yeah. that was like fucking outing Lucille Ball and, and uh, this Trumbo movie and made her shit her pants because we were still allies with Joseph Stalin and the Soviet Union at this time and so the movies that we put out about it up until 1945 were always positive like, this is literally a movie about an American who goes over there and has to help save the beautiful, perfect, lush Soviet countryside from the evil Nazi scum. You know? and Good for uh, them. And Ayn Rand could not stand this because those were the evil bastards that permitted her to go to college for the first time in history and then kicked her out and then let her graduate for free. How evil of them. So... You know, she she said that it made everything look too good. Maybe it did. And then she said anti-business movies that I've never seen before made business look too bad. Maybe they did. And, uh, you know, just in, in my, by my estimation, all of this is very emblematic of the sort of person she was. You know, well, I mean, bitter. That's, that's exactly what's going to happen, though. Bitterness I mean, is her defining Everyone's going to see shit that they don't like and they want to do something about it. What's wrong with that? If you feel like people when you put it like that, nothing. But specifically, what's wrong with testifying before the HUAC and 
you know, spreading all these lies and well, shit just because of your own personal bitterness. And Did she spread lies? Well. If she was a part of the Red Scare and outed people in the Hollywood, yes. then yeah. If she was testifying before McCarthy's committee, that's that's the McCarthyism committee right there. Like, one uh, of yeah, the worst abuses of power. Lies. That doesn't mean there were lies. That just means there was overreactions to things that didn't matter. They it's might not, the not have been lies lie. in they might not have been literal lies, like outright falsehoods or whatever. I mean, obviously the House but of But they American were untruths, if that makes sense. What? Okay, fucking Colbert. The no, an, uh, there's a difference, because you can lie by omitting facts. You can lie by, you know, deceptively framing things or equivocating. There's a million no. ways that and you can well, be deceptive you could without just frame, being outright on Framing communists and socialists and generals that is the enemy is a fucking lie too. The point but. is they didn't like these people. They didn't like their ideology. And if she shared information about them, about who was who, then now they were able to call them up and be yes. unduly suspicious. She of was them able to fight against freedom in a country she wasn't even born in. She came to to. She didn't fight against freedom. She told the truth. She fought against freedom by trying to out communists in Hollywood. How's that fighting against freedom? Their freedom to be a communist. They don't have a First Amendment right to believe whatever they want. The government needs to be making up blacklists to ban people from the industry lest they lest their immoral ideas. She did do that. Yeah. That was the HUAC. That she was helping, actively helping, testifying as a friendly witness. What is a fr friendly witness? So blame the HUAC for overstepping and I for do. going after people. And, and, for, and choosing her for to... being a piece of shit. Yes. And, um, see, she's fucking loves men breaking chains and shit. And this, I will give her credit. She was very sexually liberated. I kind of like that. It was in a very bourgeois, libertine, shitty sort of way. But at the same well, time, I do like seeing... didn't she have a thing against gay people, too, though? Wouldn't she against homosexuals? I think I remember... I, I may, That's I a good question, actually. I think I remember reading something that she was against homosexuals. Let me, uh, or, like, lesbians or something. Like, some weird... Let me look into that. Which is very anti... Well, at least modern libertarian. Very anti-modern libertarian. Oh, there's even a whole article about it. What, on objectivism and homosexuality? That's literally the title of the article on Wikipedia. <laughs> Bring it up. There it is. So, Controversial views. Was, yep, unambiguously negative. Yeah, alright, I was, yeah, so I was, I was right remembering So reasonable that. and rational and only concerned about individual freedom. Except when it comes to something you're conveniently against. That you well, emotionally back, find disgusting. Rand endorsed non-discrimination protection for homosexuals while opposing laws against discrimination in the private sector. So she thought publicly they should be... No, I'm not confused. Oh, okay. So she thought publicly they should be able to be regulated, but privately they should not. Effectively, what she thought was like... Was that? She thought that, like, gay people shouldn't be allowed to be yeah. banned from taking office or voting or maybe even she, marrying. It was, it, well, but it she also thought that... It personal opinion, though, because she, she said considering it immoral and disgusting. Yeah, so, like, true. it was something personal with her, which is probably the only reason why she was so 
weird about well, it. I mean, like, I think it's pretty disgusting. I don't want to see people fucking... Yeah, but you don't think they right. should be fucking right, right, like, right, right. yeah. Right, right. I'm just saying there's a difference yeah. between disgusting You, you mean and, you're and not rules. attracted to men? You don't enjoy watching men have sex and make out, Steve. Well, How you're fucking homophobic You're equivocating, you? <laughs> because when you say disgusting, that can mean two different things. That can mean, like, ew, I don't want to watch this right now. Or it can mean... Ew, he doesn't. Should be banned. He doesn't mean it in like a subhuman way. All I'm saying like, is yeah, like seeing someone mean eat, banning it. Like seeing someone do something gross. Like There's a lot of gross shit. Yeah, 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 but that's disgusting in a different way than seeing someone rape a child. Like, I think know? septic tanks are pretty gross too, but I don't think they should yeah, be banned. Yeah, uh, well, it's like no, but raping a child should be, and that's also disgusting. But, but that's not why. Way. It's not. It shouldn't be banned because it's disgusting. It should be banned because of the eff the negative effects it has on children. True. Something disgusting is not a good reason to ban something, but you but still what, be, what of but the you should still be able to say if something disgusting, sour cream disgusts me. But sir, what of the adolescent who flees into homosexuality because he has been taught that sex is evil and that women are to be worshipped but not desired? What? Uh, is that a thing in there? Uh, yeah, that's what her husband. Where is the shit? Okay. Or her lover. Oh. Is she wait? Did she have a so, did she have a, a man that turned gay? Or she was, thought she thought that be, the, the sexual. She didn't write that. Nathaniel Brandon, so, okay. which was her lover, he did. thought that se that people went gay oh. because of repression. Is that what they're saying? They're so saying you there? see, Ayn Rand had a very interesting personal life, which I can maybe pull up over here. The people were repressed into not having sex, and so because of that, like some dude was afraid of the of the scandal of fucking a woman. So because of that, he just fucked guys. So and they're saying like, don't fuck guys. That fuck that woman. That has you probably fuck. literally never happened. Like, oh, I'm guessing it's happened a lot. I think there's a lot of people that do it. I mean, I think, I think you I think forced everyone, into homosexuality I think because everyone, he was scared of having no, sex with a woman. I think everyone can point at someone and said they went, they went gay just because they couldn't get the, the gender that they really wanted. Well, well the, yeah, the, what see, it is, no, this was written in 1964, mind you, and it's this very outdated boomer view of homosexuality from the mid-20th yeah, century. Yeah, they think of it as like some big As being like, like a weird deficiency. They think it's like, yeah, like a guy who's a MGTOW is going to become, is going to start fucking guys as like a way of getting his rocks off. But it's like that's, yeah, sure. Well, that's why people are gay. Some, yeah, sometimes, I guess. But yeah, right, overwhelmingly, no. And in yeah, it's just this very weird '60s notion. Yeah, like I said, I they, she had a very fair. interesting personal life. I don't life think it's this. too fair to hold someone like it's obviously wrong, but it's kind of a product of its time. So as you can read here, uh, she jokingly created a collective with some uh, friends, including Alan Greenspan, um, Nathan Blumenthal, who became Nathaniel Brandon. Barbara Brandon, who I've seen a lot of ANCAPs quoting here and there. Basically, she married a guy named Frank O'Connor, and then Frank would fuck Barbara, she would fuck Nathaniel, she would fuck Barbara, they'd all fuck each other, Alan Greenspan probably got his creepy fucking tiny dick in there and spanned the green, so if you know bisexual. what I'm talking about. Yes, Barbara Brandon was like her on-again, off-again girlfriend. So then Ayn Rand, it wasn't against homosexuality. She was. Remember, everything, the, the defining thing about Ayn Rand's life is that she's a constant bundle of contradictions. So everything was, about her is like... It was the, bad, but it wasn't, but it was okay because it was with her close friend. Like, that, that was the girls. only way, like... And because it was informal. 
and because it was only in the context, they were both married women just they doing didn't it do for it experimentation. She wasn't publicly gay. She was privately they weren't, gay. They weren't married to one another trying to pass it off as a legitimate relationship equivalent to a man and a woman. It was just a fun thing to do in the moment. Or that's whatever. like a really, if anything, I would feel like that would be the communist belief. That well, like, that's, that's one of the ironies of her thing. If you read all of her shit, there is an odd sort of like, uh, there's almost an odd collective collectivism in wanting everyone to be so individualistic. I mean, yeah, her whole yeah, idea, totally, totally. Her whole idea is that everything will just average itself out and work out in the end she anyway. what's best for everybody is that if everybody is self-interested. Which is naive all, as shit. But. I mean, there's something to be said for that to an extent, that if you're a total fucking doormat and you don't ever tell anyone what you want, you always just do whatever you think everyone else wants, then you aren't really being a real person and you're suffering and everyone else is suffering as a result. There should, everyone should always be an individual to some extent. I think it's very funny because she was known for being very, to, for lack of a better word, bitchy in person, very perfectionistic, very domineering, and yet it's well known that in her romantic life she very much, I mean you can probably tell just from like that picture there, and like from the general timbre of things that she writes, her female characters like Dagny Taggart are always just fucking Mary Sue characters. Like, it's obvious that she's throwing herself into these romantic novels, loving these, <clears throat> these fucking perfect men, the, the, you know, and then always being constantly disappointed by lover after lover in real life, and always being well, sort of bitterly disappointed she, and know, she alone. didn't know who she wanted to be. Like, she didn't know what she wanted. That's, that's how something like that She was that a creature happens. of reaction and a creature of, of a lot of... Um, Oh, how do you say it? Cognitive dissonance is, I think, the word. Well, I'm I mean, what you were for. saying a second ago was that she had this like insane male fantasy uh, that she like wanted to find in real life. That she wanted this male superhero to come like be what she wanted. Some character and, out of her book. And so <laughs> the way that she felt like, how do I see it? There were no there were no superheroes that fit her definition. So she's constantly disappointed with men. So she needs. To, so in her mind. Society needs to be oriented in a way to make the best men that are most appealing to women of her caliber or whatever, or just women in general. Which is probably way, why she doesn't like male homosexuality the, so right, much. To, right, right. <laughs> she blames the male homosexuals for the men running right, off and because, being afraid of well, sex. Because if you're a male homosexual, you basically yeah, just gave up. You're, you're just a giant. Yeah, pussy. you're not. You're not the you're hero giant she pussy needs. Or you've been repressed by society, and you need to man up and earn a woman and that's what she's saying is that like no one has earned me yet and that's bullshit society needs to be reoriented in a way in which by there could be someone good enough to yeah, earn if me. we do this but she also would male, say male homosexuals so, I mean, I like just like, won't exist anymore someone like julius caesar would be like perfect for her some guy who's like totally self-interested and is able to get there like building his own power and his own wealth purely by being the biggest badass that just does whatever he wants, one man's vision and all that short sort of thing, that he just ran around fucking duping everybody and causing big wars and was good at fighting, so, and good at politics and political fucking trickery, so he was able to become the dictator, and so he's the best, and he would have been good enough. Yeah, for someone like Julius Caesar wouldn't have wanted her, though. That's the, that's the Well, no one would have ever been good enough for him. No one would have ever been good enough for yeah. him. It's like, it, it's like... At some point, you have to say, you have to settle on some level. At some point, you always have to choose something as your master and say, good enough, I'll answer to it. Now, 
Have you ever seen or heard Ayn Rand actually speak before? Nope. I have briefly. I've seen clips of her. Okay, and this is her in 1959 speaking with Mike Wallace. You'll want your uh, headphones. Just... Check out that sweet graphic. Can you tell they're filming it with a camera? Wow, they're really trying to make that look fancy. This is Mike Wallace with another television program from our gallery of colorful people. There we go, it's still a little Throughout quiet. the United States, small pockets of intellectuals have become involved in a new and unusual philosophy which would seem to strike at the very roots of our society. The fountainhead of this philosophy is a novelist, Ayn Rand, whose two major works, The Fountainhead and Atlas Shrugged, have been bestsellers. We'll try to find out more about her revolutionary creed and about Miss Rand herself in just a moment. And now to our story. Down through history, various political and philosophical movements have sprung up, but most of them have died. Some, however, like democracy or communism, take hold and affect the entire world. Here in the United States, perhaps the most challenging and now, unusual in new this philosophy guy is Chris is by a novelist, Ayn Rand. Ms. Rand's point of view is still comparatively unknown in America, but if it ever did take hold, it would revolutionize our lives. And I am to begin uh, with, only that was still I true. wonder if I can ask you to capsulize, I know this is difficult, Ugh. can I ask you to capsulize your philosophy? What uh, is Randism? Uh, first of all, I do not call it Randism, and I don't like that name. I right. call it objectivism. All right. Meaning a philosophy based on objective reality. Now let me explain it as briefly as I can. First, my philosophy is based on the concept that reality exists as an objective absolute. That man's mind, reason, is his means of perceiving it. And that man needs a rational morality. I am primarily the creator of a new code of morality which has so far been believed impossible, namely, a morality not based on faith. On faith. Not on faith, not on arbitrary whim, not on emotion, not an arbitrary edict, mystical or social, but on reason, a morality which can be proved by means of logic, which can be demonstrated to be true and necessary. Right. She speaks like a now, magician. Now, here's the, here's the thing. Here's the funny thing. Now, Marxism, if you, if you go through it thing by thing, is almost identical in presentation to what she just laid out, except for one big thing. And can either of you name what that is? She hasn't said shit other than is reason, which is literally the fucking excuse everyone uses for their well, doctrine. Well, she's, she's outlining like a it materialist philosophy, though, right? She's saying that nothing exists except for this thing, right? No. Or that this is the basis of reality is our, you know, rational yeah, yeah, yeah. mind. We're tossing aside things. all the stupid, silly, made-up, dumb shit, and we're just going with the cold, hard facts. Which but, is what everyone ever has always said. But the difference is, she's only talking about cold hard facts as they relate to man's mind or rational logic. You know, arguments, abstract thinking, right? It's an impossible thing to make because you have to say you actually know how people really work. And she can't say that. 
We and, can't even say that. And, and that people, is where... And people can't function without emotions, no matter how much... You're not a fucking Vulcan. Like, you, the emotions are always going to play, even if you're the most logical fucking person in the world. Like, well, and this, this idealism... In the world, then you're just going to sit still from birth and starve to death. Yeah. No and this, this focus on idealism and abstract logic, as opposed to actual concrete material conditions, is the difference between, like, radical liberalism and Marxism. Like, uh, an objectivist philosophy like hers cares about, like she said, like, the rational mind, and, you know, the great men thinking with his rational mind and seeing the world through it. Yeah, but what do you do with rationality? You, you seek your own you self-interest. You only solve problems that are irrationally decided as important Yes, to solve. exactly. And what decides how important those problems are, what prioritizes those, actual material conditions in the world that are basically outside of our control, at least at the starting Those point. are part of it, but there's more to it than that. There's more to it than just material conditions. Is there? Yeah, obviously. Like what? It, okay, so the basic material conditions is shelter, housing, safety, whatever. So it, Well, lack of those, but yes. Basic material conditions is that we don't have shelter, we don't have food, we don't have housing. How do we get it? Yes. Okay. So, once those are fulfilled, which is even then a relative thing, I mean, the houses we have now, even the houses that a poor person has now are way nicer than the houses people would have been satisfied a long time ago. So, needs is still something, still a relative, whatever. Ignore all that. Say all of your needs are met. Ultimately, there's still something more than that that makes you decide whether or not you're happy. Just like that's why some people who were born rich and have everything still kill themselves, well, and some people who were poor and don't have shit and are living on the streets are happy. That's why Marxism There's doesn't say... There's a self-actualization. Marxism doesn't try that. to find you, guarantee you happiness. Uh -huh. That's the point. It right. tries to guarantee you the necessities for survival first. Yeah, it's so a matter of priorities. Yeah, that's all you can ever more, do. Yeah, that is all you can do. Exactly. But I, my point was... That's why Marxism is a better philosophy than objectivism. There's more to happiness than material conditions. Yes, but that's that Marxism doesn't even try to solve happiness. And decisions, and choices, and emotions, and principles that extend beyond material conditions. Material mm. conditions sit at the very It's a dialectical relationship to bring it back to that. Of all of that. It's a, it's a back and forth. Material conditions influence your personality, influence your upbringing, influence your exposure to culture, what kind of culture you like. The TV shows you watch, the music you listen to, all of that is affected entirely by your material conditions. Not entirely. Entirely. No. If you cannot physically hear the music, then you will not be affected by it the same way yes, that you will be you if you can Yes, but you and I can hear the same music and we'll have different preferences. So That's what I'm saying. it's not entirely caused by material conditions. It is. It's our different personal material conditions. Oh, okay. So everything's so, well, material. Well, an example. Yeah, so from when we were growing up. There's someone with more money can, can have more CDs. Genetically re-engineer human beings to be something different. Someone though. with more money buys more CDs if you're when we were kids Duh. still, and therefore they this have more music This is a rehash of the same argument we were talking about before. Everything's a rehash of the same argument we were talking about before. That's why material conditions are at the root of all problems in society. No, they're not. They literally are. No. Okay, name a problem that is in no way linked with material conditions. In no way linked? Yes. A Jason's problem... wearing a purple shirt. I'm wearing a black shirt. These shirts cut... If anything, my shirt costs more, but let's ignore that. 
I liked black better. He liked purple better today. It has nothing to do with material conditions. Oh, of course it does. Oh, yeah? Does this purple cost more to make? Well, it may or it may not, but first of all, that not shirt... Not consequently, that shirt was probably like $9. The, the question of whether... how the, much this shirt was. Did the shirt exist before you bought it? Yes, that's a material condition. Did the means of production to make that shirt exist yeah, before you, you bought exist? it? Yeah, you I mean, you wouldn't have even existed if you would have been able to eat food, so... Yeah, yes, yeah, now you're getting it. Yeah, we already Food is literally this. the key component to all societies. What was so, the yeah. first thing I said? Food, shelter, safety. Once those are cared for, all the real things that actually matter start to come into play. Well, I disagree. The things that we can make matter more. Those those materials are really, if you want to get to the, you know, the down and dirty of it, are the only things that really matter. You know, if you want to be objective, like Ayn Rand is claiming to be, if you want to be an objectivist without being an objectivist, then you would have to only focus on things like material conditions because those are the only things you can objectively measure. That's the difference between utilitarianism and Marxism. It's a very, it's a very uh, minor distinction, but it's an important one. Utilitarianism focuses on like what makes people the happiest, uh, whereas Marxism focuses on what makes what ma what makes people the most satisfied, like objectively satisfied, by a scientific rubric? Like if you Not were if possible. you were if you yeah. were trying to grow plants, if you're a farmer, would you want to fucking pick the plant food the plants thought was most fun by however you were measuring that? Or would you pick the plant food, the shit to give the fucking plants to grow them that made them grow the best? Do you it would want be a blend? And it would depend on material conditions. So, like, if you want to get rich, or you want to feel like you're ahead of the curve, you're doing something fucking amazing and meaningful, then part of that would be picking things that aren't the most fun, but instead are the most productive. Which is exactly what I'm getting at. Material conditions are inescapable. They're part of everything, no matter whether yes, or not you Yes, manipulating material conditions and satisfying them. If it's just you, if you're the only, only human being in the world, you're still subject to material conditions. Whereas what Ayn Rand is arguing is that material conditions everything. are immaterial. All that matters is ideals. If the world had to go down in flames to ensure that you had your individual right to burn trash or something, then so be it. Well, I think ideally that would be true. But, would it? Uh, yeah, sure if you could actually decide on something that would actually be the best and if you've decided that individual freedom is the best then and the cost of having one moment or time period of true freedom and true humanity is worth everybody dying well then okay but I don't want to decide I don't think that I don't want to pick that shit and anyone who's considering material conditions would say that's ridiculous you're ending the world for no good reason just to prove a point I mean everyone has their own reasons Yes, but, but the question is, are those reasons good well, that's, by that's any a sort of, of objective opinion. metric? I think what we should try to focus on is something that's actually sustainable. And so society needs to do, if, if it's ever going to continue existing, whatever makes more society. And I mean, and that's basically what it's always been. Like, we had feudalism, why? Because a bunch of fucking barbarians came and were fucking shit up. So we have to go to this now because that means we live. And it's getting e as it gets easier to live... Will pick freer shit where there's less control on people. It goes to uh, it. Just it comes back to um, well, money can't buy happiness. Well, yeah, but it can make it a hell of a lot fucking easier to be happy. Like 
Happiness is such a crazy goal, though. Yeah. I like mean, I, you're never going to be happy. Let's say happy. You're, no one's happy all the fucking time unless you're insane. Like, someone who's, like, always, like, well, and that's cheery. That, like, is like going to be a literal fucking... That's something that communism is often crazy. accused of, is but, being this utopian dream where everyone's happy all the time. But that's something that no system could ever even pretend to guarantee to anybody. It can only guarantee you the tools necessary to achieve happiness... That's right. the irony about a system like America. To try and give everybody the same opportunity. They, they say that you're guaranteed pursuit of happiness in this country, but you're not guaranteed any sort of tools or methods to achieve that pursuit, to undertake that pursuit, I should say. You know... You, you, well, you're guaranteed some. But, but well, like, not, we not welfare, constitutionally. We have welfare and shit like that. Yeah, but, but of course, I... From I, from an Ayn yeah, Rand no, perspective, she would want to get rid of. I mean, libertarians want to get rid of it. I mean, that's why. No, you, she. It'd be the opposite. Remember, Ben Zwanger, you should be giving us welfare. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's getting rid of it and also making things worse. Right. But I, ironically enough, ironically enough, you the UBI was a libertarian idea originally. By like, Milton Friedman. Yeah. But of course, not all libertarians. What would was agree. his reasoning? I can't. You could get rid of all other it, it would, uh, welfare that way. Yeah, the idea it would be cheaper, that, which it would be. It would be cheaper to get rid of welfare right, and go be, straight to UBI. Be a lot of people. More efficient, less government, right. less you know. Get the money out without as many. Yeah, hoops. loss of uh, loss in translation type thing. And of course, yeah. the problem with that though, the different kinds of welfare. You, you gotta remember yeah, though, yeah. as proposed by the libertarians, by like Milton Friedman though, it is a complete substitute. So like for example, get rid of Section Eight, get rid of Social Security and all that, and just give people a lump sum. But of course it's going to be like an Andrew Yang $1,000 a month lump sum that doesn't adequately make up for all the lost programs, doesn't actually well, pay their bills, and so on and so forth. It should be, there should be more expansions in that type of stuff. Like public housing should be expanded to just more than just incredibly poor people like based on income. and Especially with our surplus of houses that we have now. Like more, we have literally more homes than we do homeless people, that kind of shit. Yeah, that's why like, you wouldn't have to have this situation like in the Soviet Union or Albania where they're tearing down mansions to build these shitty apartment blocks and giving everyone these identical cracker box apartments. Because, you know, those were countries where they literally did not have enough housing to go around, and partially out of sour grapes and partially out of necessity, took the few big houses that families did have and tore them down to make big efficiency blocks for people to move into because didn't have enough housing. Got to build cheap housing, got to build it fast, got to build it fair, so what are you going to do? You're going to do the same thing the U.S. government did when building the projects, you know what I mean? But in this country, we have so much extra housing all over the place. Fucking houses getting condemned left and right just because there's no one in them to fucking do minimum maintenance on the fucking property and shit. You know, we have more empty houses than we do homeless. It's inexcusable. You could, you could uh, fair and equitably house everyone in America and then some, like hundreds of thousands of immigrants, too, for free. Mm -hmm. At add that with with UBI and it would I mean in on top of like expansion of like different like pu with public housing in general like it would it would, yeah there's a lot of, it's a lot of things that could be solved by just tweaking and and making certain things that we already have better and also implementing things that we don't have better and implementing more socialist policies well, let's see what Ayn Rand has to say about that young man All right. Now, may I define what my morality is? Right. Because this is merely an introduction. 
my morality is based on man's life as a standard of value. And since man's mind is his basic means of survival, I hold that if man wants to live on earth and to live as a human being, he has to hold reason as an absolute, by which I mean that he has to hold reason as his only guide to action and that he must live by the independent judgment of his own mind, that his highest moral purpose is the achievement of his own happiness. No. And that he So, yes, uh, pause it again. Thoughts. Truth serves man, man doesn't serve truth. And it's already been proven that, uh, I mean, even intuition, even though it's based on, like, intuition is a lot of times, like, in some, not in a lot of times, but in some ways more effective than just following pure reason or logic. Like, there's a reason why we survived on intuition. There's a, you have to, you have to balance it. You can't, you can't just 100% follow one thing. Like, there's a balance between reason and intuition. You could argue that reason and intu intuition are different ways of the same thing. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, even if you're infinitely intelligent, you doesn't mean you have any reason to do anything. You still have to have some an ultimately irrational goal. Yeah, because if I mean if to, you're to, to put yeah. your reason in well, service it, of it's like you said the the most logical person would just sit in a room and fucking die because there ultimately there's no point in life. The most logical thing would just like live and die because it doesn't matter what and you do because the, the universe is going to end and that's the reductionist blah, trap blah, blah, like, that's the reductionist trap that her uh, that her philosophy inevitably collapses into you know it's the the ultimate reductionist ultimate rationalist ultimate write off everything that doesn't make me money you know uh, philosophy that really sort of cheapens everything well, like I've said earlier today on this um, video, was that everything you do is either killing time or enabling someone else to kill time or enabling yourself to better kill time. Why do like, you want to do any of that shit? Like what we're doing right now. <laughs> yeah. Why do you want to do any of that shit? Well, I mean, reason just falls down. Reason is a tool. It's not the cause. Man must live as an end in himself and follow his own rational self-interest. May I interrupt now? You may. Because you bring, you Rational put the philosophy to work in your novel Atlas Shrugged. Right. You demonstrate it in, in human terms in your novel Atlas Shrugged. And let me start by quoting from a review of this novel Atlas Shrugged that appeared in Newsweek. It said that you are out to destroy almost every edifice in the contemporary American way of life, our Judeo-Christian religion, our modified government-regulated capitalism, our rule by the majority will. Other reviews have said that you scorn churches and the concept of God. Are these accurate criticisms? Uh, yes. I agree with the facts, but not the estimates of this criticism. Namely, if I am challenging the base of all these institutions, I'm challenging the moral code of altruism, the precept that man's moral duty is to live for others that man must sacrifice himself to others, which is the present 
their morality. What do you Since mean by I... sacrifice himself for others? This now we're moment. getting to the point. One moment. Since I'm challenging the base, I necessarily would challenge the institutions you named, which are a result of that morality. All right. And now what is self-sacrifice? Yes, what is self-sacrifice? You say that you do not like the altruism by which we live. You, you like a certain kind of Ayn Randist selfishness. I uh, would say that I don't like is too weak a word. I consider it evil. And uh, self-sacrifice is the precept that man needs to serve others in order to justify his existence, that his moral duty is to serve others. That is what most people believe today. Well, yes, we're taught to feel concerned for our fellow man, to feel responsible for his welfare, to feel that we are, as religious people uh, might put it, children under God and responsible one for the other. Now, why do you rebel? What's wrong with this philosophy? But that is what, uh, in fact, makes man a sacrificial animal. That man must work for others, concern himself with others, or be responsible for them. That is the role of a sacrificial object. I say that man is entitled to his own happiness. And that he must achieve it himself. But that All right, so, as you can see, I don't see a conflict between those things. I think all she's trying to say is that some people don't give a fuck about anybody. It shouldn't be made to. Okay, fine. But, uh... They're gonna just, face the consequences of that, like... Right. Just yeah, but what she's arguing is that they should be, not only be free from consequences for this, but be exalted for it. Yeah, that's... I don't know about the exalted part. She didn't say that. No, but, but she did later. Here, she didn't. This is 1959. But remember, Henry Benzwanger, that guy we saw before... He personally knew her. He is from her institute. And, he represents and her ideas. And she is kind of hinting that that's how people, that's how man in general, everyone should be like that. That's what the, and she's saying, but man, men should be like this. Everyone, like. Well, I and, think. Go on, sorry. Oh yeah, no, we we just couldn't. It, the, she's anti. She's anti-globalist essentially. Like we shouldn't. We. The thing is, in in order to succeed, we have to fucking make certain sacrifices and work together like that. We can't, not everyone, if every person on Earth was an objectivist, then, you know, like, we wouldn't be where we Well, if you're a smart objectivist, then you're going to be, even when you're working for your own interest, you're going to be... Still sacrificing for someone else. It's not a sacrifice, then. It's, it's a calculated investment. Yeah... Like if I if I go buy an Amazon stock, that's not a sacrifice. I'm not trying to help Amazon. I am helping Amazon, but the point is to help myself by getting more money. And so if you make if you if you ensure that your decisions to help others are indirectly helping you, then you are. It's a win-win. It's a, it's that's what's best for society is to do whatever helps you best. And to some extent, that is working with other people, but it's to try and ensure everything is a win-win. And that when you simply just give up on wanting things and do stuff only because other people said they wanted you to do it, then that's when you're no longer really living as a human being and instead just being a slave. You can't puss out and not want things yourself and try to get them and do whatever that is. Oh, here's an interesting... Uh quote from 
her Wikipedia page. Yeah, she talks like a total cult leader. Yeah, critics, including some former NBI students and Brandon himself, Nathaniel Brandon, like her, her lover or whatever, later described the culture of NBI, the Nathaniel Brandon Institute, uh, founded to promote her philosophy as one of intellectual conformity and excessive reverence for Rand, with some describing NBI or the objectivist movement itself as a cult or religion. It's totally about. It's totally a religious thing. It's totally about intellectual conformity. That's what every. That's what every government is about. And that really brings it around to the great irony of objectivism: the fact that they are the big, like one of the biggest cults of personality around, and that they, if a fucking Soviet communist wanted to take all the worst parts of Soviet communism and implement them in a way that would be palatable to Americans for their own personal benefit, her philosophy would be the perfect way of doing that. I mean, obviously, I'm not some weird conspiracy theorist that thinks that that's literally what it was, although she was literally a Soviet immigrant. Um, but I, I do think that, in a way, that's what happened because her bitterness, her own personal bitterness, was clearly the number one... Um, you know, like driving force behind her entire and, career. And I wonder, I wonder, with her almost seemingly resentment toward people being concerned with others, is because it's like she was so. Uh, you have to think it had to come from like being jealous of other people, like of having other people care about you. Like she just saw it as she she the rational part of her tried to convince him that it was like a weakness about people caring for other people, but deep like deep down she was probably jealous that she didn't have that herself like so in order to convince herself that that it was okay, her situation was okay she made it seem like well they're just weak like that's why they yeah, have that I'm the stuff best. yeah everyone should like me i'm, I'm a, just doing my, what's best for me and so should yeah. you be if you don't like me it's because you're a pussy yeah it's it's that fucking it's this you see that in a lot of like uh, like fucking incels and all and and whatnot these days like it's when well, women are just so illogical and that's why they don't like me because they're just irrational well, what's and, more noble the hyena or sorry what's more noble the lion or the gazelle I mean I think in society we, we tend to fixate on the apex predators the most the eagle the hawk the lion Whatever, we don't like hyenas, we don't really give a shit about deer or gazelles or whatever. We like wolves, we like bears, we don't like the prey animals we don't give a shit about. What we romanticize are the ones that are in control and can do whatever the fuck they want. And so, when you look at, like, a wolf eating a sheep, who do you feel bad for? The sheep obviously feel bad for themselves. And they blame the, the, the wolf as an asshole. So, so like, you've got, I mean, to but, go back to, being, to, to in, Nietzsche a bit here, yeah. you've got slave morality. Which is basically saying that the people taking from you are assholes, and the people that are laying down and doing whatever's best for the group are the nice guys. And so, like, that's not really. Slave morality is kind of a way of pussing out and allowing yourself to be trampled on and convincing a bunch of other people to be trampled on so that way nobody's feelings ever get hurt. Well, there's but, more to it than that, though. Sure, whatever. But if you want to have an eagle, then that. Or if you want to have a wolf, then that means sheep have to get eaten. And so wolves are awesome, so that means sheep are going to get eaten. So for all wolves, then maybe no, there aren't any sheep getting eaten. If you're getting eaten, it's because you're a pussy. And if you don't like the wolf, then it's because you're a pussy. 
Mm, I don't know. That, people who, well, for one, realistically, like, carnivores have the hardest fucking lives anyway in the animal kingdom. Oh, absolutely. Kingdom. Like, they, absolutely. They, it's hard to be an yeah. individual. Yeah, and, and if the if the carnivore didn't exist, we see it now with deer, for example, in the Midwest or deer in general in America. Like if there's no if they don't have any predators to cull them, then they grow, they grow out of control and they're more infinitely more harmful than carnivores. Harmful. Are. Yeah. Well, they definitely destroy crops and spread disease and, yeah. and a lot of other creatures go out. Yes. Yeah, well, so how exactly are we relating this to Ayn Rand again? Because. I'm just I'm I'm equating it to master and slave morality. Is that Ayn Rand is all about not what's doing what's best for the group, but what's doing best for you. So if if you're going to be reincarnated, do you choose to be born as a sheep or as a wolf? Well, if everyone chose to be a sheep, then we'd be living in heaven. That's the fucking that's the morality that she's fighting against. She's saying no. Everyone should choose to be a wolf and figure out how to make it work. A Marxist would say that the only difference between a master morality and a slave morality is you define it would be who it benefits. And a slave morality would be that defined or developed by a culture which is constantly being twisted to benefit somebody else in everything that they do. Right? Well, yeah, the wolf is going to want to put everybody, all the sheep into a pen so they can kill them whenever they well, want. Well, so wouldn't the ultimate master uh, morality be all those sheep waking up and realizing that maybe they should put on the wolf's clothing for a little bit? Mm, what do you mean? Wouldn't the ultimate master morality, the ultimate um, self-actualization, be all the sheep looking around and realizing that there's 500 of them in the pen and just one wolf, and they all just descend on that fucking wolf and use their shitty little sheep hooves and sheep teeth and just, like, bite off all his fucking wolf toes and his, and his rhinarium, which is, like, the wet part of a dog's nose. They just, like, nibble it right off and shit and just completely trample his ass. Yeah, but then you're still a fucking sheep. sheep no, nope, now you're 500 Wolves really fucking pissed off sheep with a dead wolf corpse, a shit ton of guns, and hopefully one very, very inspired black sheep who can then lead the sheep's vanguard. Well, then that's still And all the sheep can stop being sheep because they took control of the sheep farm. They're shearing their own wool now. Right, so the sheep decided collectively what was best for them. Yeah, and they, they, became, don't, they don't they, need a leader they've anymore. They've been transformed. They They're no yeah. longer sheep. Exactly. That so, is the ultimate... That is how you break the sheep-wolf paradigm. Okay, right. So I don't really see how that what she said is any different than that. Because what she said is the polar opposite of that, while also trying normally to I mean, to it's not like everyone can be a wolf, obviously. Wolves have to eat things. But in her society, everyone would do their best to be as wolfy as they can be and look out for themselves the most. But everyone would just negotiate. And they would, and they would reward everyone the wolves. Would, everyone would negotiate what works best for them. So I'd try to get you to do some job for me because I like, need my fucking plumbing done or whatever. And you would negotiate. You would argue that you need to get enough money to make it worth it for, for you to even be able to do it. And can you imagine? Whereas if you were a plumber and I was just some fucking plumber guy or whatever that ran all the plumbers, you'd get whatever amount of money I told you you were going to get, or you wouldn't have a job. So she's saying that's bad. You should be your own independent person. That should refuse. Yeah, which is obviously unrealistic. All plumbers because should not refuse everyone, yeah. to, to take a bad amount of money. And said, go out on their own and get what they really deserve. Well, there is Unless... also a flip side to this sort of thing, too, because 
Everyone who hears it thinks that they're meant to be the great man that she's referring to. Well, everyone's the their own agent. Their own agent of their own, own success. But in order for her system, for that sort of system to prop up, there has to be some loser, some sap, who's getting fucked over so. at the end of the day. I don't think so. No, every, she's trying to say everyone should be a winner. Everyone can win. And, and, and an I don't think so. In an ideal society, I think that would be true. The problem is their society is too complicated and too many no, people. No, what she's saying is that strengths. there are winners and losers, and nobody cares. Fuck it, because it'll all average out, and we'll all be net winners in the end. Yeah, right. But no, I don't really think that's but true. But she though. doesn't give a fuck about all the casualties that happen in the meanwhile. Well, no, that no happened. one does. The communist revolutionaries don't either. It's just it's collateral yeah. damage. It's necessary to bring. Yes, about the but there's difference. Change. There's difference between collateral damage that's like children dying from not being vaccined because you didn't have proper regulations or on the other side because the parents couldn't get the vaccines or afford well, them Well, I think or the, the biggest thing is with the, the, the objectivist idea is how do you even enact it? Like, um, well, you enact it by... <coughs> what policies does she believe in that will bring this about? Well, um, let's take a quick rundown of... Like, how does she feel about... Objectivist policies. Oh, get rid of all of it. So let's see here. I mean, does she even think there should be a state at all? Um, it is essentially kind of an uh, anarchistic philosophy, but then again, so is communism. Communism also holds that there should be no state. Yeah, but you right, which and that would require a cult-like uh, belief uh, of well, that's why Marxist, intellectual similarity. That's to, why Marxism-Leninism advocates this strong Soviet-style dictatorship with a vanguard and the one party and all this stuff, the secret right, police. Right, they both demand intellectual conformity to work. Yes. You have to have everyone on the same page before you can let them go with no police and no government. Right. Every society relies on that to some extent. If you dragged a caveman into modern society, he wouldn't be able to function. Now, of course, there are holes in that theory. Obviously, when the Soviet Union dissolved, they did not dissolve into a communist anarchist paradise. And there, there is an argument to be made that um, our society may be so far post-capitalist and we may have proven ourselves so good at spontaneous uh, self-organization with things like Antifa and flash mobs and free and open source software and that sort of thing that maybe, just maybe, we really can just jump right in and use technology to fill in the gaps that we needed a dictatorship to fill in in the past and just use Mutual accountability, like naming and shaming people on social media to keep people in line instead of having secret police to do it. I think fewer and fewer people will give a fuck about conforming as their needs are more and more difficult to use to control them. And so. Well, that's what matters, yes. You only need to control people in as much as is necessary to preserve the revolution right. or the new order. So or we're, we're, we're approaching this post scarcity society whereby it's getting more and more obvious that not people not having housing I mean even like what's one of the biggest things about greenhouse gases everyone likes to talk about cows well we're right on the precipice of meat being created synthetically I mean, we're, power is getting cheaper and cheaper to generate solar panels are getting wildly inexpensive compared to what they were before so we're getting we're getting to the point to where it doesn't really matter what your morality is your ethics are that it's going to become so obviously easy and affordable to make things better for everyone. I mean, like, slavery is not even profitable. Like, 
It wouldn't be there wouldn't it wouldn't be good to have slaves and try to put them in a factory nowadays. You'd be better off just paying them and letting them leave instead of trying to house them and all that stupid shit. Well, so unless like, you include like private prisons and whatnot, like getting people locked. Right, up right. There. I mean, but I mean, people were even talking about that. People were rallying against that. So, oh yeah, no, but it's still. I was just saying it's profitable as, as for that situation at yeah, this moment. Yeah, right. And it's becoming less profitable because at some point machines are going to be better than anything you can make a prisoner do. Yeah. So like. Well, and part of it's just punishment. Like they want to punish them. Right. It's profitable, I mean, really but there's a way. Yeah, that, there's a way it would be more profitable, but it's still profitable in the way that they're doing it. Those like, are mostly political crimes that people are in jail for now, and it's like I think a lot of people are getting fed up with that. Even like, there's a kind of a hyper emphasis on violent crime right now, and that that might get a little out of hand. But as far as like drug related crimes, which is what most of the people are in jail for, it's like people are giving fewer and fewer fucks about that, and I feel like it's just going to continue in that direction. And that yeah, well, what was it like in a lot of places? If it's under the, even a lot of places like in fucking California, if it's under a certain dollar amount, they won't even prosecute or or go after them. Mm -hmm. If it's under like two hundred dollars or I something mean, like that. Even in like conservative Shelbyville, right? It, where oh. not that it's that conservative, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. It's like you can do all the drugs you want in the privacy of your house and and buy all the drugs you want. No one cares. It's not unless you're, I mean, even if you're half cracked out in the street, no one really cares. As long as you aren't being a nuisance, no one's going to bother to check up on you and try and get you for some shit. Unless it's an especially bored cop being especially dumb and obvious trying to sell drugs and then you were too dumb to know. So there are definitely still people that get trampled on unfairly. But it's not like there's just wholesale, like, Everyone that does anything illegal is being hauled off. Well, that's part of the problem, though, is the iniquities in the system. You know, the fact that white privilege, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like that time I got popped, you know, there's no way that, you know, a typical black kid would have, you know, gotten off as easy as I did any time I ever got pulled over. Right, you know yeah, I mean? for sure. I think that's going away. It's going to take a long time. But, you know, because, you know, people still are racist. Even if they don't want to be, they are. But, but I think what's going to happen is like what you were saying is just, we're just going to end up in some fucking situation where it's just well, too convenient not to go with something that's just more free to everybody. Well, also we have a very negative definition of racism in this country, or rather a very positive definition by the by the philosophical sense. Like in America, to be a racist, you have to actively identify as one. You have to like go out of your way to publicly preach and practice it. You have to be the kind of guy that literally goes to clan meetings and drops the N bomb unironically and like, you know, tries to kick black people out of your business and that sort of thing. Like that's what a racist is. And just not liking black people doesn't make me a racist. I don't hate them or you know, that sort of thing negative racism of the sort where it's just like you treat them shittier or just like don't go that extra mile for them or whatever else or just sort of like you know basically exclude them in ways that don't involve like pushing them out directly i would say that's prejudice like yeah soft prejudice compared to hard racism i mean it's still racism but it's in american discourse we don't well, it's we racially think it's correlated separate. It'll be people who say, like, I don't hate black people, I hate black culture. Exactly. Shit like that. And uh, that is where objectivists and libertarians fall. 
You know, they're the kind of people that basically cross their arms and go, why can't black people just keep up? You know, even though it would take like 300 years uh, for them know, to accrue It's, it's like the, the Ben Shapiro types that throw out statistics that are like racially motivated. Like, they're technically true, but they're using it to like to uh, fuel, like, racist beliefs or and whatnot. Like, yeah, black people get locked up more than white people. Like, yeah, you know, right. Like, this dog that I kicked and broke one of its legs isn't yeah. going to win a race against some other dog that I, like, fed vitamins in, in training continuously. Yeah. Or Obvious. His, or his weird, like, almost erotic hate thirst for fucking AOC that totally isn't, like, sexually or racially motivated at all. Like, yeah. Well, Ayn Rand would just tell you that every man, and man only, but every man is an individual, and that if you're born as a dog with a broken leg, it's just incumbent upon you to invent a replacement leg and just get out there and get running, because, you know, it'd be immoral to help you, because then... It'd be we're immoral just... to be forced to help you. Well, she's saying. she does, but... Some objectivists actually take it a step further and argue that it's literally immoral to help other people at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it's not benefiting you in any way... Yes. Right. Yeah. Because teach a man to fish, so on and so forth. Well, if, Let a man teach himself no, no, how to if fish. You, if you've got a man that you can't even teach how to fish, so he can't even give you any of the fish that you've taught him how to fish because he can't even learn, then why bother? And yeah, you shouldn't bother then if you can't learn. Now, do you want to? Do you still want to give him some of your fish so he can at least live anyway? Uh, it depends on what your definition of what's most important. And I think some people say we should try to take care of everyone, and some people say if they can't be, if they have to be taken care of, then we should just let them go. I think it's not only obvious that we're all freer if everyone's taken care of, but I think that what's more um, worthy of pointing out is that like Karl Marx didn't really care that much about the morality of the situation. I mean, he did, but his writings were more about destiny and inevitability. You know, sort of this idea that, uh, you yeah. know, this is going to happen because of the way people are, because of human psychology, because of these grand patterns with history, not never quite repeating, but always rhyming. And they're always being this sort of upper yeah, class versus lower towards. class division. Going towards. It becomes more more accessible for everyone to have a good life. It's going to happen. Yes, and people are going to take it if it's not, you know, given yeah, to Yeah, I mean, like a thousand way. years ago, there wasn't much to go around, and like everything sucked, so most everyone had to have a sucky life. And so if one guy has a really good life, it doesn't really change things much. But nowadays, we can pretty much make everyone looked after. So... If it takes a few people not having it quite as nice to do that, so yeah. be it. Well, in in the, the, it's funny because like just in our in the United States in general, it's like literally like put forcibly put in place to like slow that process down. They've had to like add things to make sure that we don't end up in a more socialist like type of society to prevent it from happening. We had to like forcibly do shit like that. Yeah, it's like I always say, if these like. If left-wing economic systems are such guaranteed failures that will just fall over like a fucking rusty soup can the, 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 the first time an errant breeze flows through, why do we have to sabotage all of them with like the Vietnam War or the Cuban embargo or whatever? 
But then every shitty because we gotta have a every now. shitty banana republic that ever fucking paid ten thousand dollars to a U.S. corporation. Good. Yeah, those will see, prop see, up to the end of time. See if we go if we do this, right. then we'll end up like Cuba, who we artificially made shitty because we refused trade with. Like, right. well, George Carlin used to have a bit about how um, the upper class make all the money and pay none of the taxes. The middle class make a little tiny bit of the money, pay all the taxes. The poor people don't make any money and are only kept around to scare the shit out of the middle class people and make them think they have it good. Yeah, pretty much. I would agree with that. And a lot of the poor people are poor by circumstance. Not all of them, but a lot of them. The vast like majority. A lot of the rich people could just as easily have been the poor people in a lot of... Most. If you're born rich, unless you're a complete asshole who even your own family hates, it's almost impossible to become poor. Like, if you're rich enough, all your friends and family are going to also be millionaires, right? Well, so if you well, lose all your just money... Just look, even, even Tiffany Trump is pretty well off, and her father fucking hates her. Right. Well, Marla you, Maples had a lot of money, If you're too. born from, into some rich bastard family, there's always going to be opportunities available to you. If you want to work even a little bit, mm -hmm. then you'll get way more for that work. And if you're born poor, then there won't be any of opportunities to you, except for ones where you have to work really hard to get a little bit. You have to go way, the way, way out of your way to make anything better for yourself than that. I so, mean, our, our so past... So a rich bastard born... A ri the same person born as a rich bastard would end up becoming a billionaire. It's like some poor person who became a hundred thousandaire. Well, just look over, like, two of our fucking presidents of... Bush Jr. and Trump were both basically fail fucking sons who had to like who had to get who had to have their asses saved by their daddies mul multiple times throughout their entire fucking lives and they're still well fucking off like Trump how many failed fucking businesses did he had his own dad went to one of, one of his many f several failed casinos cashed in chips and then just left, or didn't leave, but spent all the chips that he cashed in there. So, right. like, he gave him money, but didn't give him money because he spent the money there by playing the business it. to make he it gambled it there. Solvent. Yeah. yeah, and the thing still fucking failed. Like, the guy's still supposedly a fucking billionaire, and and fucking same thing with uh, Bush Jr. He had he had he had a failed. Uh, didn't he like have own like an oil business in Texas and it failed, like. Yeah. To be fair, anyone doing lots of shit is going to have failed adventures. Everyone, you cannot do anything without having failure along the way. Yeah, but these fail sons are really good at taking over what should be shoe ins yeah, and it's just, just running under the ground where they were successful. It's pretty obvious. You, like after we are, you fail. That's I mean, we already thing. know. If, if Trump would have just taken, would have just dissolved all, all the shit he had and put it into a stock index, he would be at the same amount of wealth as he is now. With no Arguably F, higher. With no yeah, effort. Higher. So, I mean, it takes a lot of effort and a lot of intelligence to do what he did and not lose money because you're playing the game. I mean, it takes money to gamble and not lose, right? If you give me $1,000 to send me to the casino, I'm probably going to lose it all unless I get lucky. But he didn't lose money. So is how lucky is he? How smart is he? I don't know. But I'm just saying a failure doesn't prove well, a failure of a person. He, he, he did. It's obvious that Trump and Bush both are like kind of retards. Yeah, and, and at one point he was in a severe amount of debt, and whether or not he actually is a billionaire is 
contested even to this day. I mean, I, w no one really knows how much money he fucking has. And there's there's an account actually of him, a quote from him himself. I guess he was walking along with like uh, Ivanka or some shit, and I guess he pointed. Yeah, I think she told this story. He pointed to a homeless guy on the street and told her that man is worth more than me right now, or has more money than I do. Yeah, right that now. sounds like the kind of fucking over the top lies he would have he would have said though. Because that's the thing. Even if someone like Donald Trump literally hits zero dollars at any given time, between reputation and clout and assets and like right. connections and lines of credit just for having has that name. Rain over so much shit that he could do whatever he wants. Uh, I mean, I guess the lines of credit thing, I mean, he had to borrow from Deutsche Bank and from the Russians for a reason. You know, if he literally had zero dollars and no lines of credit at all, he could still make something from yeah. nothing very quickly. Very just by quickly. virtue of his birthright. Yep. But, you know, they've done studies where people are given $1,500 to begin a game of Monopoly and everyone else in the game starts with the typical, or even less, I think they start with like 100 instead of the, the typical 200 or whatever you start with. And the people playing who start off with that ridiculously overinflated amount of money right. always wind up like gloating and feeling like they really played good. Man, I really kicked ass in this game, even though they knew ahead of time that it was rigged. They, they go in knowing the purpose of the it's, experiment. It's, it's a natural consequence, too. Even if you have like people trading money, like say you get a room of 30 people and you like get some fucking, give each person like random objects that are worth certain dollar amounts and they're meant to negotiate and trade values. Like, after enough trading gets done, somebody ends up with all the money, inevitably. Somebody just is the best trader. So does that mean they deserve to have everything? No. But that's what happens. It's just what naturally happens in societies. It happens to all kinds of things. Like, like name a fucking Middle Ages composer. There's like five of them that you can think of. And of those five guys, name any of the songs you know. Like, you'll know like two or three of their songs. It's, I mean, everything always ends up getting reduced and reduced and reduced so that, like, there's a few things that get all of the whatever it is. Fame, currency, whatever. Zip's Law. Pareto Principle? I haven't heard of Zip's Law. Um, so, Zip's Law, um, I know it mostly as, as relating to linguistics, um, which was, of course, my field of study in college. And um, in that context, it refers to, like, the most common word in a language will appear twice as often as the second most common. Yeah. And so on and so yeah. forth. And this actually applies to pretty much everything that yeah. involves a ranking the of The most populous city has twice as many people as the second most populous city. And so on. You yeah. see these same logarithmic relationships in rankings yeah. all across it's nature. An, it's a natural thing that happens. But human psychology really doesn't work with that principle of, like... The biggest driver of crime and aggressive behavior isn't being poor, it's being unequally poor to the people around you. Uh, but at the same time, wealth naturally accrues into the smallest amount of people that have all of it. Yes, and so that's why in a society that's structured in a way that wealth can't end up all in a few people's hands. Which otherwise, capitalism will always do. Every, otherwise, everyone's going to try start killing each other. Which is exactly what Karl Marx predicted would happen, basically. Or at least that they would all band together and say, you know what, we're kind of getting the short end of the fucking stick on this one, so... Uh, Everybody says that. I mean, even fucking Jefferson said that. Like, government is a necessary evil to prevent this shit. 
but it also causes it if unchecked. Pretty much. It's used as a tool and having a dictatorship of the bourgeoisie that only serves upper class interests is always a sure way, a sure uh, fucking recipe, surefire way to fucking, uh, you know, elicit a violent overthrow at some point in the future. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like what's going to happen before too long is that upper class interests will still be getting served, but the lower class um, necessities will be met so much to the point that nobody really cares. Hopefully they'll be met to a point where they actually get their fair shake and, you know, seize ownership of the means of production. But I feel like fair kind of dissolves at some point, or, or the meaningfulness of fair is maybe a better way of putting it. Like, it'll be super unfair, but no one will care so long as they feel like they have enough to do the shit they want to do. But who will it be unfair to? Oh, I mean, obviously the people not in control of the policies. The workers, the, the proletariat. Well, It'll never it be, be fair. It should be fair to them, not fair to the people who used to be in control. It'll never be fair to the proletariat, ever. That's why they should be in control of the means of production. It never can be fair to the proletariat. Why? Because it's the idea people that organize society. That's just No, it's that. a dialectical reaction, not a top-down reaction. That'll always be the way it is, because even if the proletariat... It's, it's a back and forth, though. The proletariat organizes the idea people. The idea people can only come up with ideas based on the fucking physical goods that they've received in their lifetime. They can only work with the fucking tools other people built for them. Right. Everyone stands on the fucking shoulders of So giants. what happens is if you take a hierarchy and you try to flatten it more than you can, then you but end it's up... It's not a hierarchy. It's a fucking, like, fucking there's, cycle. There's always a hierarchy. There's always a... Fewer, a smaller group of people An making a smaller group of people making decisions that a larger group of people are carrying out. And if you try to take that smaller group of people and diminish them so that they no longer exist or that there's not enough of them, then what you've done is select against competence and at, at a particular thing that you need. Just the same as if you try to do the opposite. There are plenty of corporations that get top heavy, but they don't have enough people on the bottom. They have too many people in the, at the top or too many people in the middle. So the company, the company never gets anything done. They just have a bunch of overpaid assholes that think of themselves as idea guys that really don't do shit. So anytime you're trying, you're, you're moving too many people where they don't, where they just aren't functional, then everything goes to hell. So when you're redistributing shit, if you try to redistribute too much away from the people at the top or whatever, too, too much away from the jobs of which there just are fewer of, then everything goes to shit. Goes to shit either way. Okay, so here... So that's still a hierarchy. This is the theory of dialectical materialism in a nutshell. You've got superstructure. Yeah. Everything not, not to directly with production. production. Right. Which I don't even agree with that. I think all, I think at least half of those have some... And then the production. base. Education doesn't have anything to do with production. What a fucking joke. Well, it does actually, see? Yeah, of course. Education maintains and shapes production which maintains which shapes and maintains so okay not directly okay go let's, let's see the rest of it real uh, yeah i get it we get it we don't need to read it at all but yes what what we live in currently is a system where this is completely controlled by the idea people and this is completely controlled by the idea people i don't agree 
Well, I do because completely, all of this. Completely. Yes, look, art, family, culture, religion, philosophy, law, media, politics, science, education, all controlled, all shaped by the wealthy. So there's no such thing as a union. Not like, anymore, not in right to work states like we live in. No, there's not. And then the base, well, the tools, machines, factories, land, decide. raw materials, all that's also owned and controlled didn't, by didn't rich people. did Jason quit a job that he worked at that paid him more because he thought the job was shitty and worked, went to a job that treated him better? What job did you pick or not pick based on how it treated you? I mean, we're all, all of us are working at jobs that reward us in ways that we want to be rewarded. We're shaping what they do. Yes. The FBI is having to record, recruit people that, that smoke pot because they can't find anyone. Other, like They can't find hackers and computer nerds that don't smoke that pot. That would be part so of what the chart says. That would be, yeah. So the, the proletariat, or whatever you want to call it, the base is, dict is controlling the superstructure. There's never, they both shape and maintain each other, and they always have. Yes, that's a natural part of economic development. The problem is that we live in a society that doesn't respect that natural flow of information and ideas and, and products. Yeah, and it only ended up like that because it was, su it was at such a massive level that they had no choice. Like, if they could still get away with not hiring potheads, then, you know, yeah, they still the, would. Like, beggars tried to be like, choosers for in, decades, it's but they just couldn't. like, organization, basically. Like, it, they, we, they, no one, like, cohe no one, like, organized and said, we're all going to smoke so much fucking pot that they have to do it. It just happened, and because they're so, on such a massive level, they have to do that. Like, But I don't know if I really agree with this whole superstructure thing, because, it was, because I think that, to some extent, that is true. That we've got a lot of people that say like, I would love to be a computer hacker for the FBI, but they're not. But I'm not. Who's gonna... saying that? I don't believe that that person exists. Oh really? Well, yeah, the really. That, the people that work for the FBI's computer hackers have obviously said it because they took the people the that work job. for the FBI's computer hackers are mostly hackers that got caught by the FBI and basically roped into doing that job to not go to jail. Whatever. I'm not even going to argue something so fucking di difficult to substantiate. My point is that the proletariat or whatever, the disenfranchised people that have been not allowed to have jobs because of their personal immoral decisions. It's not just not allowed to have jobs. It's, it's exploited at their jobs. Not wanting to not have bathroom breaks or be forced to work 80 hours and fucking... Or have the majority of their money so sent back into the corporation. those people are products of culture, religion, philosophy, ideology, family, Yes, art, that would be media. the red arrow. Right, on so what is that? Why did you even bring this up? What does it have to do with what we were talking about before? Well, hierarchies. Because... In the Randian view, in the traditional capitalist view, this isn't how this works. Instead, the superstructure is solely above the base. An Ayn Rand version of this chart would look like a pyramid with philosophy and education and all this shit under the heading of, like, objective reality or something would be up here up top and, like, smart people who deserve all the idea people. Steve Jobs, Henry Ford, they're the superstructure. Give them zero taxes for being millionaires. Down here, eh, lumpen proletariat, just dumbasses. Uh, it was, you call them visionless, se second-handed. Yeah, second-handers who just come around to use up the, the the real people's ideas. Well, to some extent, there's some truth in that. Like, like, why does everyone hate a hipster, right? Like, what does a hipster do? They just, they just look at different things culturally and grab a hold of them and ironically like them or make little in-jokes about them or something like that. Like you're wearing That would a, be the blue arrow. 
Going so, back up. like, a hipster doesn't actually create anything. They consume. Well, and no, hipsters... There's nothing noble. Original hipsters. There's nothing noble in creatively consuming. Well, there there's, is when you're actually, like, a poor person trying to jumble together a cohesive identity out of thrift shop leftovers... Oh, and, and then something else the when you're a bourgeoisie is... asshole doing that exact same thing when you don't need to because some poor person yeah. came up with something that you thought looked cool and you wanted to ape it at any cost. That was, well, the, and I mentioned, actually I mentioned that like before, there's a big thing is like how many people we've lost because of uh, some capitalist system like that because they've got cotton in that's swept under and can't even dig themselves out of their own fucking hole because they're like they born, were born in such a shit situation and there's no way to get out of it unless you're like the most resilient and fucking clever person on the face of the fucking planet if anyone out there likes Alice Cooper by the way Lost in America, great song perfectly describes the catch 22 situation that you're talking about yeah, that's obvious. We, we all agree that's a problem. But every society, you know, should not have that problem. But Ayn Rand... Every society will always have that problem. Yeah, but every society should also take some step, at least, to rectify that problem or, you know, work around it. Not embrace it. Not literally hold that up as being a good thing. Being preferable. I'm still having a hard time figuring out what you actually have against people deciding to do things on their own as individuals, as opposed to being forced. She's saying no one should be forced to do anything. Everyone should be able to be able to do whatever they want. Oh, no one should be forced to do anything. That would be a hellish society, one where no one's ever forced to do anything. Anything. Is that what your communist fucking dream is? Well, in that dream world, which will never come, but will always be built toward, um, people would be, you know, properly. I don't want to say indoctrinated, but, you know, there would be a culture in place such that people would properly respect the means of production. They would, un they, they, as things currently stand, we're alienated. We do our one specialty job. We're not, we're completely disconnected from how the goods in our lives are made. We're completely disconnected from the chain of production. Yeah. All of that's, you know, parceled, packaged, sold. Discreetly. And if we lived like Ayn Rand wanted us to, we wouldn't be alienated. But we would, though. We would be maximally alienated from so. everything. Because she lives in a world solely of just objective fucking... Not if even every, material. If everybody does what they decide is a win-win for them, then no one's going to be anyone else's bitch. No one's going to What's be a win-win for them, but a lose for everyone else? Oh, man. I figured out the perfect win-win. Um, I dump this nuclear sludge back behind Joe's house, and he doesn't even know I'm doing it till he gets cancer 50 years That's later. That's not a win-win. Win. That's a win-lose. It's a win-win. He lives to be 70 and dies of cancer, doesn't even know why, never questions it, and That's a doesn't cause any problem for me. It. Why? He's healthy for 50 years. Maybe I pay him $10,000 to let me him dump worse it down off. So yeah, if you gave him something... If he was willing to have that waste in his backyard and get cancer for it for an amount of money that was reasonably disclosed, and he was properly educated on the matter to decide what he thought was a, was a fitting amount. Yeah, it doesn't matter if, if people should win -win. never be put in a position where they're weighing, hmm, cancer risk versus more money I think money that's I can perfectly reasonable. Why? If I want to get 
You know what's even more reasonable? Not dumping nuclear waste can give you cancer. How much money would you want to get cancer for? There is no There is no. There's not actually. There's no amount. See, that's where Ayn Rand's transactional that's philosophy bullshit. falls apart. No, there isn't always an amount. Really person, and that's the problem with say, capitalism, really is that it portends person, to always create an amount. We live really in a, a society... Person, you would say yes to it. The reason why the bourgeoisie will never want to give up its wealth, and why it will need to be violently taken away and repressed, is specifically because of the type of power that having that sort of flex over the money gives you. That sort of power to literally name a price and transactionally manipulate people into obeying your every whim. If you're a good person, you'd say yes to the right amount of money. Because they'll think of all the people you could help. Oh, yeah. That's the same moral argument I heard from that asshole who said that everyone should just go become a, a hedge fund manager because that way they could just donate all their hedge fund money to feeding people in Africa. Fuck going and actually doing the work to feed people in Africa. Fuck being a doctor. Yeah, you should do what you're good at. You should do what you're good at. No, That's everyone a should. Old, obvious principle. You no, know, you should make what you're good at be finances. No, it's bullshit. If you're if, moving, if you working as a doctor pushing. can only get done, say sixty thousand dollars of labor in a year, but you working as a hedge fund manager get done five hundred thousand dollars. Well, then you Except can pay three doctors. Working as a hedge fund manager doesn't get work done. It gets you money. It accrues wealth. All it does is to fucking move money around. It's a worthless job. Right, so if everyone tried to be a hedge fund manager, it wouldn't work anymore. So that's why... No one should be a hedge fund manager. Hedge funds shouldn't Nobody exist. Nobody should invest in companies that are doing things. Investments I mean, should in be your whole, allowed. In your whole fucking communist society, literally everyone would always be investing in everything all the time. No, it's everyone the same would be invested thing. in everything all the time. Everyone oh, would have okay. a personal hand, a personal say, it's the same thing. a personal share Everybody in everything would that have happened. something that they voted Except it's on. not, though. You don't get a share in every corporation that exists. You don't. You get zero shares in anything by default. All of your money. Yeah. All of your money you make, you can put in whatever you want. All your money that you don't make because some rich person that you're forced to work for by necessity takes all of your money, all don't the fruits of them. your labor. Don't work for them. Oh, die. yeah. Just don't work. Yeah, exactly. If yeah, you, just die because you're exactly. getting fucked over by because the system. Because then you're living as the true human being. If you give up and be a pussy and allow yourself to be subjugated... No, you don't. Well, that's... Uh, exactly. So we agree. Situation. You don't give up. You don't be a pussy. You don't let yourself be subjugated. You take a bunch of fucking pitchforks and bayonets, go in there and I take just the fucking factory. This, right? It's the 1700s and all these slaves have been brought over for Africa. What if they all just said, oh, fuck that. We're not going to be slaves. Well, they oh, did. you want to kill us all? Okay, go ahead. Kill every single one of us. We'll just stand here and die. Well, it, see, that's the thing, though. That's that's you know, the that that's the libtard that world of ideals because we all know that no human being, no group of human beings, all mass is ever going to sit down and go, "I am okay with dying." Well, maybe they should have been under under if they were all Ayn Rand objectivists, they would have allowed it. Well, they would have made the sacrifice. To be, the, to be a real human being instead of living for others, they would have lived for themselves. Which is to say, I'm not going to do one single fucking thing you make me do. Well, that's different from letting them kill you. What they should have done, and what they did, was engage in an uprising, a good Marxist-style uprising, to seize their rights back from the people stealing them from them. And in fact, they did do that, except every time they did, white people came in and tortured them back into submission with their superior money and, you know, guns there, and shit. There's no amount of money and guns that can make someone do something they don't want to do. Sure That's there is. All decision. the money, all the guns, That's a all the whips. That comes from within. Uh, not necessarily. And we're all allowing ourselves to be enslaved to some extent. 
And if we all well, just that's co- true. And if if everyone agreed, would rise up and seize the means of production, then they could have their rights. You wouldn't have to seize shit. You just have to say, "I'm not going to do it." You want me to do that thing? that's bad for me. No, fuck you. If Coercion. Just, if see, that is that, a world of ideals. That's the problem. We live in a world of material conditions, not this hypothetical straw man world where people are superhuman and can just choose to just stoically. I will now sacrifice myself to death. Well, yeah, exactly. It's not realistic. I will not do it in any way that achieves anything. I shall simply stand here passively, in no way violate your rights over me, master. Please kill me now. Like, you've brought me over to America. I don't want to be your slave. I'm just going to go out in the forest and figure it out from here. Or, better yet, not even allowed to be taken over. In yeah, the place. you're just going to go out in the forest. They're just going to let you go out in the forest. Well, of it was that easy. Let Run you. off in and the it's forest. It's going to become a fight, and then they will win, and then at some point they'll be like, wow, every fucking See, slave here's the we thing. Over you're a human being. You're not a fucking, anything, you're not a fucking Navy SEAL, work. and even if you were, guess no, what? If someone. No, I get my if, ass you, kicked. if I was If you sit down and refuse to work, if you sit down and you say, they won't kill you, they won't kill you, they paid money for you. They're not going to just fucking waste $30,000 on an investment in a slave and let you not work and waste their so fucking gonna money. So they put everybody in jail forever until they work? Well, basically, yeah. Well, then that's why you if they bought a black in. person back then and, and they weren't profitable, they would torture you until you fucking cracked and worked. Can't torture us all. Yeah, the they can. Time. They did. All right, let them do it. And then let them do it. Yeah, yeah they exactly. did do it, and exactly. it worked. Well, that's the problem. They gave in. If nobody, they gave in because they're human beings. They, we don't live in magical, hypothetical, ideal land where everyone will rise up like V for Vendetta and just. I'm offended. Oh my God! Because live in a fuck. You're literally saying, God, these fucking slaves. If they just. <laughs> If they just sat around and just not done anything, what could they have done? Uh, killed them all. Oh my god, so anyway... A bunch of illiterate people who've never read, have no understanding of philosophy, completely controlled by coercion and terror at the fucking point of a whip, raped and forced to bear children, and and then using those children as leverage. I will slit your child's throat if you don't go pick cotton right now, you fucking N-word. If they would have been objectivists, they wouldn't have done it. They would have just... They would have allowed themselves to die. they would have uphold the greater superstructure. Oh, see, this is exactly <laughs> why, you know, Ayn Rand had to have written her philosophy this way on purpose too, because she fucking loved bombast. She I mean, it's loved a total fantasy. She no, loved fucking like pissing people off with it too. So it's a like I said way earlier. Like, it, it's a fucking pipe dream. Like, it's just... Yeah, you know. yeah, you know, like communism, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's total mm-hmm. fantasy. It's against human nature. People don't like to act that way. Everybody, against human nature. That's right. Everybody... You were just arguing it was against human nature. They're human beings. They wouldn't allow themselves to be tortured and just not do anything and have their children... No, what you were saying they is... Would naturally they should go out passively, and pick that cotton. You, you said they should passively sit down and let their masters kill them rather than work. Well, the... That is completely wrong. I'm not saying they should violently not. uprise and seize control of the means of production. They should have a slave rebellion and take over the plantation. Working. I didn't say that allowing them. I didn't say sitting down and doing nothing would be the noblest thing they could have done. But I said it would have been more noble than being enslaved. Mm, not necessarily, but 
You know, that that takes it back to slave morality. slavery immediately if they would have just never allowed themselves to be enslaved. Oh, I, yeah, it's just that easy. Just don't allow yeah, yourself to be enslaved. It is. If you're captured by a superior force that wants to put you to labor, you tell them no. And then they torture you and you keep telling them no. And then they torture you and torture you. And eventually you die of old age after being tortured continuously for 60 years. It's that easy. It's not easy, but that's the most noble thing you could do. Noble how? Please explain to me how that is more no objectively more noble. Oh, I didn't say objectively. I said I'm, I, maybe according to the objective system, which is that man lives for himself. Because I would not agree that that is more noble. Well, yeah, well, that's a problem with the word noble. Yeah, I mean, I think we, I think we all agree that would be dumb. What that would be, be a noble? Dumb, dumb thing to do, and it would be noble. noble. Would be a slave I mean, rebellion. In, in, a, in a certain way, well, someone could see it fail. as noble. But all slaves rebel, and then they yeah. all are killed, and they die. Well, that—that's what they did, though. That's what, what actually so happened. Do I have to repeat myself again? Well, all I because said you're was, talking about hypothetical all scenarios. Was, all I said was, all I said was, dying is better than living a slave. I didn't say that they shouldn't have rebelled. Well, my point is, though, they did do that. So, saying they should or shouldn't have, they did. Are you fucking retarded? I was talking about a purely hypothetical situation that's in which the problem. I said dying is better than serving. Well, that's the problem. Marxists are not interested in hypotheticals. Thank you very much. We're interested in material conditions, I'll have you know. Yeah. And so, in your effort to go for the thing that you hold as most valuable, you would, many of your people would have to be willing to die. Yep, that just is just the same as what I was talking about. That is the conceit of the communist revolution. That's the conceit of anybody that has any principles. If you're not a fucking child, you have something you'd be willing to die for. You have principles that you hold as more important than your own life, and you'd be willing to die oh, for plus, them. It doesn't That's even just have part to be of being a principle. fucking adult. It's also just a matter of pragmatics. Yeah, that's a principle. Well, it's a principle in so much as if you're looking for a way to maximize efficacy and you consider that a principle, then yes. Yeah, yeah, that would be literally like, like a it, textbook definition. Like if you consider wanting to win a principle, which again, if you're win living by in... what standards, well, ones that exist as, as principles. I'm, I'm going off of just human psychological standards. I mean, we can make a lot of inferences and assumptions about people just because, you know, great minds think alike. We have brains that work a certain way. That's why liberal ideals fall apart. That's why objectivism could never work because it it uh, requires you to be this almost Nietzschean Superman type character. I think a lot of people would say the same thing about communism. But it doesn't, though. How so? Communism literally outright rejects that sort of abstract ideal. I mean, you've already and said a lot of people would have to die to enact it. So you'd have to either... No, that's to, to enact a revolution. Right, yeah. So you'd either that's, have to get people to go along with dying... But that's or, to enact any revolution. That's not particular to communism. That's just to have a revolution that has to happen. And to implement communism, you have to have a revolution. So that step requires what you're talking about. But that's not inherent to communism... That's inherent to revolution. It's two different things. It's a very important distinction. So, I'm, I'm still not sure what point you're trying to make. I don't even remember what the fuck, the, what we're talking about. This, this is supposed to be an episode about Ayn Rand. Yeah, we're talking about Ayn Rand. In a way. 
I guess, you we're know, we're at two hours. Objectivism. Well, I mean, you were basically saying that objectivism is like a different form. It's inspired by a lot of the same things that Marx was when he came up with communism. And then it's like it, it, an well, anti All political philosophies aim right, I mean, to, serve, aim to solve the same problems. They all try to do the same thing, yeah, which is to like uphold some sort of great good. They have some idea of what they think the most important thing is, and then they try to restructure society for that. And Ayn Rand thinks the best thing ever is people living as individuals, not subjected to anyone else. I would say objectivism is one of the two clearest cut dialectical reactions against communism. Like, obviously, directly made to be the anti-communist philosophy that I've ever yeah. run into. Sure, right. I mean, the only other one that's like that is, like, super-duper modern Christian conservatism. I mean, you have collectivism and you have individualism. I mean, that's really, I mean, if you were going to try and say that one of them was, was that collectivism is Marxism and individualism is objectivism, then yeah, sure. And then, of course, you also have the... I think they're both, but both have the same intent, which is to make people as actualized as possible. And communism folks fo focuses on self-actualization by securing the necessity, the material necessities or whatever material world to make it as even as possible. And objectivism focuses on self-actualization by saying everyone should be willing to sacrifice everything for any amount of actualization. You should never give up any one bit of your integrity or whatever, your sense of dignity for Or that you should also be willing to throw anyone under the bus, do it by any means necessary. Which, of course, you know, some communist philosophies. That's not inherent to Marxism. Marx never said that. That's Lenin. I would say, yeah, yeah that's say that's not Marx. Well, yeah. I don't know. I don't think that objectivism would endorse throwing people under the bus unless that person you were throwing under the bus was not properly self-actualized. Because if they aren't, then they're well. Let's remember. Go back to Binswanger. That that article. Because we were the reading. material conditions are not relevant to your self-actualization. You can be living in a prison cell as a prisoner and still be self-actualized completely. In fact. You could argue that that would be one of the most actualizing circumstances to be in. Which is something some, I disagree if with. If you're completely. in a cell for your beliefs, then you are making the greatest commitment to to who you are. Well, I guess that can be true, but in a literal sense, being deprived of goods and necessities in a prison cell is the definition of bad material conditions. Sure, but material conditions are not what makes self-actualization. They can help facilitate it if. You, if what you decide you need for your actualization relies on those conditions. Material conditions but are what makes the self more than anything. Ultimately, you can decide anything is important to you regardless of material conditions. Yeah, but what you, you, just so happen to decide on is going to be 100% inculcated and defined by the material conditions you lived in and grew up in. Yeah, at some point in time, you need to have, you're going to need to have been taught to believe this, no matter what it is, whether it's being in a capitalist society or an objective Somewhere society down the line, or a communist society. Molded the you. material conditions, at least in terms of education and being reinforced with these ideals and told and taught, because yeah, you know, people do have to be taught what to follow and what. And, and that's what to why in. that's why all these scary communist countries had those scary authoritarian governments with the dictators and the secret police and all that shit, because the idea was. We need to come down hard. We're surrounded by capitalists. You know, the CIA is going to send in people to fuck with our shit like Cuba and blah, 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 blah. 
and so we need to clamp down and we need to get it to where society's been learning these new ideals and learning to organize itself this new way yeah and we need to get it to where you know this is the this is the new way that's in living memory, if that makes sense. Yeah, right, right, right. So if you've got these noble ideals, then you should be willing to sacrifice a lot to enact them. And I think that that's, uh, that's another argument, is do the ends justify the means? And can you really ever be so sure of your ends that you're really that enacting them is really going to work out the way you think? Maybe you really aren't the best judge. Maybe you should. Maybe nobody is, and that there shouldn't be that much control enacted over society. If I was in Vladimir Lenin's spot, then I would say yes. I mean, if you're telling me that it's a matter of doing everything the Soviet Union ever did, or having to go back to having a czar because of the inevitable dialectical backlash that they knew would turn that country into a right-wing hellhole the instant that they let gr let go of their uh, grip, because people say, what you know, why couldn't they just be capitalist for a little bit like America and get all fancy and nice like us and then go communist? Well, it's because the communists won the war, not the capitalists. I don't even know if there were capitalists in the war, but they won. And they're not going to fucking give up their grip on power so that rich fucks can come and have a bunch of oligarchs running the country through some corrupt dictator president guy who's just a billionaire that robs the country of all of its money and puts it in offshore bank accounts and shit. You know, thank God Russia's not like that today in any way, right? You know what I mean? Hmm. They knew that that's what would happen the second you went backwards. So they tried to have their cake and eat it too and have just enough capitalism to grind oh, so you, forward. You give, someone, you give anyone that little bit of power and they're going to do something to make sure that, that it stays that way, that the status quo stays that way. Yeah. That's like what, we, what I meant... What we, what I mentioned before is it's the same thing with like uh, communism before it's supposed to before the state is supposed to dissolve is whether or not someone's going to be willing to give up that power and let the state dissolve and everyone just live in this anarch anarcho communist fucking society. Well, I also hate it when people like bring up Stalin and stuff as some sort of argument against modern day communism, like. Like him or hate him, Stalin did the stuff Stalin did because of the material conditions Stalin lived in. It was fucking 1920s to 1950s Russia. We don't live in the 20s, and we don't live in Russia, so there's no reason to expect that even if you had a hardcore fucking commie, like Stalin-level commie, come into power, that he would have to, or even would, use the exact same methods because you wouldn't have to be as harsh against a group of people who aren't used to being treated as harshly. Right. You can't compare people from the past to people from today. People from, you know, one, yeah, a completely... Society. And, and, and right. Stalin was villainized a lot more than he should have been, obviously. Like, the world, even world leaders at the time were argued, there were arguably more evil ones than Stalin. Like, like Winston they, Churchill? Yeah, they, they, <laughs> the, I mean, if you add up, like, the amount of, like, in a, even inadvertent or, you know, purpose deaths that, like, that politicians knew about and caused in U.S. soil, and you concentrate it in the amount of time that it took from 
Soviet Russia from to go from like a czar-run state to where it was then. You know, it's just the rapid growth in general that wouldn't even it right. wouldn't even come close if, to the amount of deaths, innocent Stalin, lives that we were, were responsible. If Stalin, what if Stalin suddenly like took the place of the president today? He wouldn't have behaved like Stalin did back then because he'd be yeah. in different conditions. The concept of man as a heroic being with his own happiness as the moral I mean, purpose of we, his life. We we had fucking Woodrow Wilson as a as a president, like for, you know, for people willing to like commit gen, like not well not genocide, but call a military force onto on civilians, like kill workers, protests, literally shoot them in the fucking streets, you know. Well, they it didn't we didn't at one point in time I think they like even like blew up or f- fired upon a whole fucking city from the sea with the navy or something crazy like that. Who did? Oh, I can't. I think it, it one of the one of our past presidents. It might have been Wilson. It might have been someone else. It might actually it's probably before Wilson, but they like attacked a whole fucking city. Dude, it's hot uh, as fuck in here. Yeah, I had to step yes. out. Oh, well, I think we're reaching the end of our program tonight anyway, come to think of it. We're at two hours and 53 minutes right now. It is getting hot as balls in here because uh, my computer is running at a balmy 90 degrees centigrade doing this stream. Air conditioner's turned off. My air conditioner's been turned off because the previous episodes we recorded, in my opinion, sounded a little shitty due to having them running in the background, and I... Just want to give our audience, our viewers out there, the, the, the many millions of them, a high quality product to enjoy. This is the highest quality. Hopefully they did. You know what? I think I, th- I think we all learned a lot this evening. I think so we all much. had a lot of fun. I think everyone out there learned more about Ayn Rand than Hail they would Rand. have in a whole semester. Hail Rand. That's a Roman salute, right? Good. Yeah, no dog whistling here. <laughs> yeah, actually, no dog whistling. We 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 gotta be very clear. This is not our hipster irony showing through. Please don't ban us, YouTube. We're just getting started. Um, maybe we'll talk more about Ayn Rand some other time because even if we don't actually get to her all that much directly, holy goddamn shit, is she good for just starting the most pointless fucking debates and arguments possible? I knew this was going to be a fucking hilarious topic to cover for that exact reason. And we could probably make like ten fucking Ayn Rand episodes this way. Just do it. Like, I could probably like make an episode just about objectivism. Nazis are bad. Okay. On that note, we shall wish all of you... You a Merry Christmas. And a A Happy happy New Year. Year.